touchdown, Kansas City. This is the Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Sports Radio 810 Chiefs postgame show is presented by the Missouri Lottery. From scratchers to Powerball, every Missouri Lottery ticket you play creates opportunities for Missouri students. Play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. They may just sweat it out a little bit towards the end, but when it was all said and done, it was all red and gold. The home opener goes the way that we thought it would, at least in some way. Out on Arrowhead. Welcome in to Chiefs Post Game Show here on Sports Radio 810. I'm Josh Briscoe, Brad Porter, chuckling appropriately. And uh, the Chiefs get the victory out there in Arrowhead today. 33-28. to You saw a lot of Lamar Jackson. You saw a lot of really interesting things from both of these offenses. You see a lot of Patrick Mahomes uh, just falling short of the 400-yard mark. I mean, really, what a bum. Uh, In a a three-touchdown, 374-yard day for Patrick Mahomes, you see a little more from the Chiefs' running game. Some of that, uh, I would argue, maybe not all that necessary to continue attempting to make work, but we will certainly talk about that over the course of the the show here today. We'll also hear from everybody live at the podium, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, maybe somebody else. We'll be keeping an ear to the ground for uh, the rumblings at the microphone out there to get you that as soon as humanly possible here on 810. Again, I'm Josh Briscoe uh, with uh, Brad Porter. You can tweet us at JB Briscoe, at Brad K. Porter. You can tweet at Sports Radio 810. Or, of course, you can hop in line on the phones, 913-3810-810. And we'll take some calls over the course of the show as well. Plus, again, all the audio from the locker room. It's a home game, so we're going to have way less work to do today, Brad. <laughs> yes, it will be less work, but... Uh... You know what? It was it was nervy towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Baltimore's clearly not good at two point conversions. Um, after questioning some of the math, I got it. After a while, I sure. kind of figured it out. But what what was really good about this game is I like the in game adjustments by both the offense and the defense for yes. the Kansas City Chiefs. Early on in the game, Baltimore's defense was bringing the heat. They mm-hmm. were getting all over Patrick Mahomes. They were hitting him and hitting him late. And the horse collars and what Baltimore does is they dare the referees to throw a flag on every late hit or possible pass interference. They're just going to keep doing it until the referees finally call it. Yep. And, they're th- and then they're going to keep doing it. So after the early blitz packages and the runs, which really bothered the Chiefs, Andy Reid says, okay, you know what? I'm just going to bait you into keep doing that. I'm going to yep. bait you into the blitz, and then I'm going to toss it over the top of your head on screen plays and dump downs, and I'm going to kill you that way. And I'm going to do it again, I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do it again. And then after you finally back off on the blitz, I'm going to hit an 83-yard bomb. Yep. To McCole Hardman. So I love those in-game adjustments by Andy Reid and what Patrick Mahomes was able to do with it. I still think they could have scored a little bit more. Uh, on defense, could not stop the run, mm-hmm. and th- that wasn't going to change. And that they, also hasn't changed from team to team no, very much against Baltimore, no. in fairness. And they, yes, they run the ball extremely well. Edwards and, and um, Mark Ingram was and excellent. Mark Ingram was Lamar awesome. Jackson's yeah. a cheat code. But I did, I did like the adjustments. First of all, the defensive backs and the linebackers were pretty darn good in coverage. They were? And Lamar Jackson, how many times did you see Lamar Jackson standing in the pocket like, "Uh Mm uh-oh, nobody's open, i got to get flushed, and then I'm going to run for some yards, which he's going to do. He does that to everybody, just like their running backs. So that was good on the defense. Did not, could not make the adjustment on the run, but as you said, that's what Baltimore does. But they did some good things in coverage, and I like some of those things uh, that you didn't get last year. Tyron Matthew was outstanding today. I had a couple of knockdowns, and Emmanuel Agba. 
Yeah, who at, who at one point was third on the depth chart for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. He had knockdowns at the line. He had a sack uh, on Lamar Jackson. He was outstanding today. Um, ben Neiman at times was pretty good. Uh, coming He's gotten in, quite a bit of playing Coming time. into the rotation. Yeah. Uh, Frank Clark finally got a sack. So, overall, a solid performance, but plenty to build on and get and things to do better for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the, the points on the adjustments are well taken, at least by me, I'll say, <laughs> because that's something that we've heard Steve Spagnuolo talk about almost obsessively, if not, not obsessively, at least it's kind of a mantra right. that he has been continually going back to. This is to say one of the most important things isn't just communicating on the field, but it's from whistle to the snap. Not just snap to whistle, but whistle to the snap. You can do a lot. To, to improve your standing as a defense in that moment. And and they did a lot of that today against Baltimore. They did a pretty good job adapting. And, and not only, I mean, you could sort of make it be the inverse of what the Chiefs offense was doing to, uh, to the Ravens defense to say, hey, you do what you want and we'll take the other thing. For the Chiefs defense, I think they were essentially saying, we're not going to let you do what you want, and we're going to make you try another thing. And a few times that worked, because mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is a legitimate like star talent. Yes, And is talent a little bit of a loaded word to mean maybe not the quarterback that he, that he needs to be just yet? Maybe so. I don't know. I'm not really here to tell you that Lamar Jackson can't pass, because he definitely can. But whenever you whenever you take away the thing that that team is doing the best at, and they still ran the ball for 200 freaking yards today. Yes. 200 yards on the ground is a ton, but you also saw all the places where that wasn't going to be enough. And again, as we all as we covered already, they made you sweat a little bit. But even whenever you look at the things and some of the risks that the Ravens took, and by the way, that sort of that mantra from from Harbaugh, it was it was sort of a 50-50 proposition. That first that first gamble, which I hate the word gamble. He's making choices, making calculated choices. That first choice that they made to not take that field goal at the beginning of the game, that added three points. And then to go for that two-point conversion instead of uh, taking the, the extra point, that cost you a point. And then the two-point conversion, you, you see all the different yes. places where this changes things. The thing for me that was really evident, because I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot today, but the thing that was evident to me and the time it was evident to me was whenever the Ravens finally didn't take that shot. It was fourth and five, I think, and they ended up punting to the Chiefs, and they they put the ball down at the four-yard line or something like that, and the Chiefs score touchdown in three plays. Three plays. In three plays. And so you can ask yourself over and over, how do you limit this offense? And I just don't think you really can. So what Harbaugh was doing throughout the, the course of the game today, it didn't work, but I think it's sound. He said, whenever we have a chance to really make an offensive impact, we are going to take that chance. And whenever you're going up against the Chiefs, I think that's something that you almost have to do. Because here's the thing. If they if they convert all those two-point conversions, and if they pick up one of the fourth downs that they didn't, this postgame show is starting with, wow, an upset in Arrowhead. Or at the very least, the Chiefs have to put their foot back on the gas with that offense a little bit more. Which, by the way, I think they would have. If you if you add if you add six points to the Ravens by way of two point conversions, or maybe another, maybe make it nine. You give them a, a first down and a field goal somewhere. Whatever you want to do there. I do think that the Chiefs would have continued moving the ball through the air, where is obviously their aptitude. Either way, I I, I don't actually think this would have ended in the Chiefs losing this game, but I see very much what Harbaugh was doing there, and I think that's a testament to how much the Chiefs immediately put a team on their heels. Literally before the kickoff, mm-hmm. your your game plan changes out of the gate because you know what that offense across from you is capable of. 
the game plan, there, there are a couple of things that stood out. First of all, you mentioned punting the ball down to the four-yard line. Yep. We saw this week three plays and and a bomb and a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. We saw it twice last week against the Raiders. Yep. Uh, first and ten at their own five, first and ten at their own four, scoring both times. Um, a couple of things that, that surprised me, um, Lamar Jackson's deep balls were not great. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting that. I thought he was going to be a little more precise. His two good deep throws were on completely busted plays, throwing yes. throwing up prayers. One yeah. at the goal line, which uh, Kansas City threw the challenge flag and wanted offensive pass interference. They didn't get that. For the record, I'm glad it didn't get overturned. This whole, this whole thing is yes, already Pandora's I'm, I'm box. Yeah. Just close it. And the other one was scrambling all the way to his right and then throwing it all the way back across the field and mm-hmm. a juggling catch um, by, by the Baltimore receivers. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I thought... Um, he, a couple of times in this game, he showed some anger, which I like. Yeah, we, we heard uh, Dan Fouts talking during the game about speaking with Patrick's mom. Yes, and it was she said maybe wa- the one noteworthy thing that Dan Fouts said <laughs> yes. today that didn't make me want to throw my own head off the balcony. <laughs> he said that Patrick's mom wanted to be him a little, be a little more angry. Two mm-hmm. times he got upset that I saw on television anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, one at the end of the first half with ten seconds left, he wanted to go for it. I thought they should have taken at least one shot in the end zone and then gone uh, for the field goal. And had been not fumble it or turn it over. Yep. The other time he got upset was the uh, botched snap yep. on fourth down when they yep. were trying to convert the fourth down, and he was really getting after. Which was also, uh, for the record, the exact right thing to do there. Yes. You could you could you could go ahead and talk about well, why go through a, through a shotgun snap there? You're that was a bad snap. Yeah. Austin Ryder is the one to blame on. That. Yep. So he got into it with him. The other thing that jumped out at the 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 first drive of the second half for the Chiefs. When you've got a good lead, twenty-three to thirteen, but you want to, you know, pile it on a little bit early, mm-hmm. they come out on that drive and they go Lashawn McCoy right side run, great blocks, picked up twenty-five yards. They went Daryl Williams with a cut back for eight yards. Then they went to Daryl Williams again up the middle for one. Uh, McCoy up the middle, very short. And then they go for it and have the bad snap exchange. I didn't understand all the runs there to come out and start the second half. I, I am not going and to I, understand <laughs> when this team runs the ball anywhere except for maybe third and short. And maybe if you're up by eight points late in the game, right? Even then, if this game would have, if the Ravens would have pulled it off on their last offensive drive, or the Chiefs would have gotten stuffed, and the Ravens would have gone down and scored, I would have been sitting here talking about all the time that the Chiefs could have just been actually running their offense. You 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 try to take the wheels off of the game. You try to slow it all completely down whenever you don't trust your offense to actually do the thing. I trust the I trust the Chiefs' offense to actually yeah. be scoring points. That's not really my concern. One more bright spot for me in this game for the Kansas City Chiefs because you don't want to be when we a downer after a, after a win. The downfield blocking for the Kansas City Chiefs continues to be absolutely outstanding on some of those long runs or catches and runs, screen balls. Mitchell Schwartz getting out in space. Travis Kelsey down the field in space. Uh, LDT uh, turning players inside out. Demarcus yeah. Robinson continues great downfield blocking. So the downfield blocking by the Chiefs, whether it's the linemen, whether it's receivers, whether it's Travis Kelsey, continues to be outstanding. And that stood out. Anytime you see a big run, you roll it back, you watch the replay, you watch the blocking. It is absolutely fantastic. Um, all right, so we are going to try to we're you know we're going to try to sneak in a call here before we we hear from uh, Arrowhead. Uh, if we cut you off, I uh, apologize in advance. But Gary, you're first in line. What's on your mind? Well, guys, you have to watch that today. A couple observations. That's I what think I was Brendan Daly. Brendan Daly's got his work cut out for him with that defensive line. They are charm and soft. I. They just got the ball run down their throat today. Even when they gang tackled, the guy was still carrying four or five guys. They're not beating people at the ball. 
They don't hit anybody. It's just a lack of physicality on both. And the center and on the offensive line, the center to the left tackle today, they have no business being at this level. If it wasn't for LDT and Schwartz on the right, on the other side, the running game would be non-existent. You have to screen the heck out of teams because those three can't sustain a block or get a hold of anybody to save their life. Cam Irving shouldn't even be here. And like I said, the defense, the tackling is still atrocious. They can't tackle. They're still charming soft. I know we won today, guys, but the defense was 19th coming into this, coming into today. They're going to take a precipitous drop after the day. They're making their descent down to where they should be. They really didn't do anything. Their $105 million man has one sack, and it wasn't exactly one where he laid jack down. He had to jump on his back and go for a piggyback ride and get a whistle from the ref to get it. Right. And it's just, it's getting, it's hard to watch when this team is on defense. And, if Baltimore would have been smart, they would have just come out for first play of the game and just ran the ball down their throat, and it would probably be a different outcome if they were smart enough to do that, but they weren't. But, you know, I when I looked at the schedule this season, guys, I put the Tennessee game down as a loss, and I'm going to tell you why. They're a physical football team, and Derrick Henry will have a heyday against this defense because this defense is designed to play the pass, not the run, and until there's some balance on this defense, they're going to, they're going to be hovering in the – bottom tier of the league. Like I said, I'm happy we won the day, guys, but it's just Keith Schreer and his ugly head and that Nola's defenses aren't they're not reinventing the wheel. I'll hang up and listen. Great show, guys. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. If the Chiefs lose at the Titans, I will do something profane or absurd. Uh, I'm partially out of frustration and partially because if here's the thing, man. I, I think this is where Gary just where, where all of those points can be taken and we can break down a handful of them. But we're in a, in a world right now where you have to say the sentence out loud, I think the team with, with Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill is going to beat the team with Patrick Mahomes. And I know that that's reductionist. I, I know that that's a very small look at it. But damn, it's important. I mean, you're right. It's a physical team. And it's got a great running game. They just beat the Jags in week one. And then this Ravens team today, this this Ravens team is thoroughly better than the Titans. Just just thoroughly. And I mean, you just saw the Jags team that the Chiefs just beat. Just just beat the, the, the Titans on Thursday. I don't I don't know. I, 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 again, I think you can have totally fair and reasonable critiques. Like we can talk about Frank Clark and he's been quiet. Um, but as I saw, Tyron Matthew was tweeting about uh, a take that he had been quiet the first two games and then had a nice game tonight. And, and Matthew made the point of they've got to be coming at you to be able to do anything. That's not quite the case for Frank Clark, but I want to be you know aware of the fact that sometimes we don't know if a guy is doing his job or not. We see when, when guys flash or not. But at the very least, man, like you, you have to see what this team did today and say, yeah, you know, the Ravens could have come out and they, if they would have run the ball from the first moment, then, then this would have this would have been a, a a different outcome. They ran the ball thirty two times. They they ran the ball thirty two times, and yeah, Lamar Jackson had twenty one incompletions. That if those are all handoffs, great. But you're also going to lose some of the production he had through the air, and some of the production he had through the air were on some pretty big plays with some really nice plays from his pass catchers. A lot of it was to tight ends, and that's mid range stuff. But that stuff that is out there still with with about the same average. Uh, per play that you're getting on the ground. In fact, in, in an unbelievable statistical lineup here, the, the Ravens averaged almost the exact same number of yards per pass as they did per run. It was 6.2 through the air and 6.3 on the ground. I don't know what it would make you believe. And that's not by completion, by the way. That's by passing attempt. 
So I don't know what it's going to be there that would, would convince you that if you turn all those 6.2 yards per pass into 6.2 yards per run, which is what they were doing on average, make it 6.3, we're looking at the same number of yardage uh, of yards scored here, of, of yards picked up here, and I, I think the number of points scored are going to be relatively similar. The Chiefs' defense wasn't an apocalypse today. It wasn't great, but it let the Ravens do the thing they're good at, and they did that pretty well. And then they got stops. It's not perfect, but it's it's hardly a defense that I expect to lose to Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill. I don't see a loss to the Titans. I love you, Gary. I know you call in every time. Uh, the Titans are— Gary's or, always welcome. I'm from, also welcome to I'm, disagree with absolutely. him. Absolutely. Um, the Tennessee organization is at a point where they are ready to dump their first-round draft pick quarterback. Marcus Mariota is not yeah. going to be the starting quarterback of this team next year. He uh, might not be the starting quarterback of this or team. the rest of the year. And when, November 10th. when your teammates can sense that, they're not going to have a lot invested in this. Now, they're going to keep playing. They're going to give you a game. But that's not a team that has any belief whatsoever that they've got any kind of a playoff run in them. And certainly not a team that can hang with the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I don't see it at all. And that's part of it, man, where, again, like I, I think you look at the fact that the Chiefs' offense does make opposing teams change what they're doing. Because and maybe maybe this this isn't a place where I'm going to want to be seen defending what the Chiefs have done these last couple of weeks. Really, every week so far. It's felt like there's been a point where, where Andy Reid goes, all right, guys, we're good. Let's just pick up a couple of first downs. Let's not worry about it too much. I don't love that. I, that's not what I would like to see. I would like to see them, them winning these games 41 to 28 instead of 33 to 28 or whatever. I'd like to see them continue pushing. And they scored a little more in the second half today than they did last week, but it was still relatively quiet. I don't need to see them handing the ball off to eat up clock at the end of the game. I wouldn't mind seeing them just go score again. I, I don't care what what the clock says if the score keeps ticking up in your favor. I think that's a little bit of a, of a tired trope at this point. But again, man, I, I think you just saw the Ravens do this just about as well as anybody in the league is going to. Certainly, Derrick Henry alone in the backfield does not scare me more than Lamar Jackson standing back there next to Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. This is the team to test Gary's theory, and the Chiefs did beat it. I think that matters. Yes, absolutely. Also, uh, another go ahead. good thing, I know you're not a fan of the run game, but it was nice to see after LaShawn McCoy had a couple of good catch and runs. Yeah. I uh, couldn't go anymore. Yep. So now you're down to Daryl Williams, your yep. third string guy. And Darwin yep. Thompson, he had one good play. But when you're running with your third and fourth string running backs and still getting some production, not, yes. my, not my favorite. It matters, though. But it, it matters that they're playing in games that are important against teams who you expect to see at some point in the playoffs. And uh, listen, I I think it's fair to say that I don't like the run game. I, I was going to say it's unfair. <laughs> it's probably fair. I don't like the way most people talk about it. I acknowledge it's very much a part of the sport. But I think that the insistence on its importance is always a little bit, a little bit well, silly. And you know, Darrell Williams, you can you can take out the big play, and he still had a, a nice afternoon. Lashawn McCoy was pretty good, especially with uh, the times he got out to the edges, and that is all good. You want to be able to do it whenever the the defense gives you that. The Ravens don't give you that very often, mm -hmm. so not having to go to that well too much until late in the game is absolutely fine by me. And I and I grew up in a generation where the theme was you got to be able to run in September because you're going to have to run in December when it gets cold and sure. snowy and wet. I no longer believe that. Right. I, that's what I was told for years. I believed it. I repeated it. I regurgitated it. Right. But I don't believe in that anymore. We I don't accept care you, reformed Brad Porter. I yes. accept you into the church I of never run. Appreciate it. Even, There'll uh, be a baptism later, right? What, yeah, 100%, but it's just in Gatorade. <laughs> that's okay. Um. By the way, the last drive the Chiefs had, uh, they ran the ball for nothing and then ran the ball for nothing and then threw yes. a screen to yes. end the game. 
the screen pass. I love getting the running backs yeah. involved. Yes. I just think they're more efficient ways yes. to do it. Let's go to Steven. Steven, what's up? Hey, guys. What's going on, man? I'm all good here. How are you? Listen, I, I've got some points to agree with the first caller and disagree that the only thing that matters right now, basically, is what Bill Brady and Bill and Belichick will do with the tape from this game. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Spag, the secondary is better. I mean, there's no denying yep. that. Yep. The, the problem is right now is that we just paid a guy a fortune and he had one sack. Mm-hmm. We have got to put public pressure on this guy to produce. This is the only thing that matters. Jackson made sandlot throws. You cannot let a guy who's that talented. Tom Brady will not miss those throws. Lamar Jackson is an unfinished product. Mm-hmm. You must put Someone must put some pressure on this guy, or we are not going anywhere. We, I mean, that's just what it comes down to. We can let Tennessee run all day. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because Mariota's not going to make the throws. I mean, we can we can score with them. We can we can win four fifty three fifty. We can do anything else. But Lamar, Lamar Jackson run around there making a stand on he, and it's not the not the secondary fault. It's all on. I know you guys don't like to criticize individual guys for defensive front, but this is absolutely critical and warranted. We are we are never going to a Super Bowl if these guys produce the way they do. I know we won today, but this is on tape, and Bill Brady and and, and Belichick are just going to absolutely tear us apart in Week 14. So thank you. Steven, I appreciate the call. I think there are actually some totally reasonable points there. I have no problem criticizing individual people. Um, we will talk about Frank Clark, and we will talk about the secondary being better today. One quick thing is to say Tom Brady will not miss those throws. That's absolutely true. He will also not run around in the backfield like Lamar Jackson did. There's, there is going to be a little bit of a trade-off there. Is it Tom Brady or Bill Brady? Bill Brady. I thought we were going to get a Bill Brasky there for a minute. I thought we might get a Brady bunch. This is an old SNL skit. Um, the, the Frank Clark discussion is absolutely warranted. He got his first sack as a Chief today, and here's Andy Reid out at Arrowhead. There's not much to uh, announce on the injuries. Uh, LaShawn McCoy retweaked his ankle a little bit, but um, I think he'll be back and fine as we go here. Um, fans, unbelievable. Man, it was loud and crazy down there we loved it the field crew my hat goes off to the field crew that took care of those that field after torrential downpour that we've had and then it was great to see 25 jamal back here beating that drum man what a got a big hug from him before the game it kind of fired me up a little bit and then um you know the i was proud of our guys in particular the defense for bearing down um in in the tough times. so uh fourth down calls Two-point plays; those end up being big for us. Um, really, um, first of all, that's a good football team there, and their two big passing plays were really what makes that quarterback great. I mean, he put it up in um, in, in bad conditions, you know, and uh, but made plays. So he's a heck of a player. John John Harbaugh's done a great job with that team over the years. I think this is his 11th year, but I'm proud of him for the job he's done. Uh, Frank's sack, Frank Clark's sack, was big at a big, crucial time. Um, you know, you, you bring these guys in here, and uh, and that's what you you know that's what you what you hope for right there. And, and he stepped up at a at a crucial time. Offensively, I thought we we did a did a nice job offensively. Uh, Patrick had another big day. Um, the runners. Uh, combined for over 100 yards, did a nice job. Receivers, you saw our young McColl there make some big plays, and Sammy made some, you know, Kels. 
and then the offensive line. That's a huge challenge. That, that's a physical football team right there. And I challenged both offensive and defensive line uh, early in the week, and I thought they, they stepped up and, and kept pushing. It wasn't pretty, but they kept pushing throughout the whole game, and we were able to come away with a victory. And then Dustin, 225 uh, games, man. That's uh, pretty pretty incredible. That's it's a record here. So uh, my hat goes off to him, and he's still he's still booting it. So tribute to him. All right, with that, time's yours. Andy, uh, you guys ask a lot of Pat every week. Fisher out, Tyreek out, and uh, Gibbs out. What does Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I. I didn't go in thinking that, Adam. I mean, that's not how I was saying. I, I trust that the other guys were just going to step up and and play and do a good job, and each one of them collectively, you know, had a had a pretty good day. So when it was all said and done, it ended up, uh, you know, they they took advantage of that opportunity, having a chance to play. Daryl Daryl Williams had a you know a couple big hitters there for us down the stretch. You know, John's aggressive. Going, and he came in. They were fourth downs, going for two. Was that even more aggressive than you thought? You have to kind of start coaching those guys on defense. Hey, don't take a breath after third down. Yeah, over. I know you study all this. So they they were third in the NFL and going for it on fourth down. So they this isn't something we they, they caught us by surprise. They love doing that, and they have the firepower to do it. And so you got to be on your toes right there. And then uh, they've got a nice package on special teams uh, where they can do some fakes there. They didn't do them, but there were some. Hey, Randy, great seeing you, man. Oh, gun, good seeing you, man. Huh? All right. All right. <laughs> Glad you shaved that thing off. <laughs> Last drive, the, the third and eight, I think it was. Um, what, what went into the decision to go ahead and pass? I know it was a, you know, a bit of a conservative. The last situation? Yeah. 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 Well, we, you know, we, we go through that. Um, every week, those situations. And uh, not that you want to be in them, but we go through them. Uh, so with that, um, that was patch play. And, uh, you know, my hat goes off to him and Mike and, and that, that room right there is tremendous. Joe Blameyer doesn't get enough credit for all the stuff he does. I mean, he, he's the name behind the scenes that kind of helps feed some of these things that we do um, here. So there, there are a lot of guys that go into the, this whole thing that we, we've been doing offensively. And, and uh, that one there was Pat's... Uh, Pat's call. He wanted that play. If we got into that situation, and uh, and so uh, we called it. His design too, or a no, no, it wasn't his design. It was actually off the play from the week before. But I, well, hey, you're supposed to know that. Man. Second week in a row. Second week in a row. Kind of a slow start. Why are they penalties? Penalties, right? I mean, penalties. We, we shot ourselves in the foot right there. We we moved right down the field, and then. Two penalties back to back, or a penalty and a sack, whatever it was, back to you know, it's, you can't do that. Not against a good team. So you do that, you're going to get behind. And when you mentioned Pat, that's Pat's play. Is that something where in the two yellow mark in clinic, you see more dramatically? Yeah, that wasn't okay. Let me just say so. What we do is he has the whole game plan. So right. Saturday night, we go through and we hit those type of situations. What would you like? We said we ask each quarterback what he'd like if it was this situation. So, you know, it's a four-minute situation, third and ten, you know. Uh, and, and so that was his play for that, for that situation. I, I guess but that was already in the game plan. Right, right. But I guess in year two, how much of that do you feel like is, is there more synergy between the two of you all to know what each other wants to do together? 
Yeah, if I knew what synergy was, I, I'd be good with it. So, but I would tell you, I would tell you this that uh, um, that I keep it open with those guys. So, if they've got an idea that they're feeling, let's put it on the table. So we we give them the game plan. Now the coaches give them the game plan. But if there's something that he's feeling, absolutely, you listen to him. So that's that's all part of this. You know, that's uh, we don't we don't close our ears on anything, and uh, you don't let you check your ego on that kind of stuff. A lot of people. Kind of put their ego out there, but you try to check your ego on that, and then and then uh, keep it open. Andy, for related to that play, just talk about Daryl being able to get the yards after the catch that gets you the first down and allows you to. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, he kicked through that tackle right there, right there at the end. You're talking about Daryl, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he kicked through that tackle uh, on the end there, which was big, and and he's a big kid. Now when he brings it on you, he's gonna bring it on you. So he's he uh, it's tough to bring down. Fumble recovery, and then whatever that thing was at the end, he yeah. fair cut. So he was in on it. Those are the plays you you want all the guys to make. That's good stuff. Young guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did a nice job. Passed Chuck Noll today on the all-time wins list. Just any thoughts you might have about him and, and even the best of the season that way for Yeah, well, it includes a lot of people, right? So it's not that that ends up being a one-man thing, but. It took an army to get to that point. So, yeah, I've, all the players and coaches, ownership. Um, I've, I've been fortunate to have great, two great owners, and I'm in a great position here, which I which I love. So it's a, uh, uh, but it takes a it takes an army to get to that that point. Mark, uh, our president back here, he, he and I've been through a couple of those. So uh, we know it's a, it takes a it takes an army. So. That's Andy Reid's press conference out live at Arrowhead, brought to you by 360 Vodka. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, grab a bottle of 360 Vodka for next tailgate or watch party. 360 Vodka is the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and has your game day cocktails covered all season long. We expect to hear from Patrick Mahomes here in just a moment, so hold on, callers. And if you want to hop in line, 913-3810-810. Brad, you have like 5 to 20 seconds to talk about that presser. <laughs> it may seem like a small deal. Uh, but mentioning McCole Hardman, uh, fair catching the drop kick by the Jaguars. I'm not sure every rookie in the league would be heads up enough to do that because yeah. if you don't, you're either going to get drilled or you're going to let it fall and something bad is going to happen. It's a very heads up play. I also am not sure if it's nerdy or not, but the little breakdown of, of having a play that Mahomes likes on third and 10 <laughs> in a four-minute scenario and all yeah. of that, that's very inside, yes. and obviously Reed's in a good mood. He Whenever they, listen, his po- post-game Andy Reed seems like the chillest Andy Reed. He came out in a Santa costume at one point. Like, you know, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't mind talking a little bit in that situation. Um, I thought that was really interesting, and, and imagine if they've got, a third and ten-ish play that Mahomes is most comfortable with in a four-minute drill. Mm-hmm. Imagine how many situations there are yeah. whenever there is a play that Mahomes is especially comfortable with or whatever. And that's another thing. You know, Andy Reid doesn't give you a lot during the week in a in a four- to six-minute press conference. He's right. not going to tell you anything, but right. he'll, he'll be nice about it. Right. And he'll, <laughs> right. Give you, he'll give you the soundbite for the news, and that's about all you get. Right. But this post-game stuff where he's explaining to you that, that Pat and, and Matt Moore mm-hmm. um, have plays that, you know, I, li- I really like this play in this situation. Situation. Yep. Have it in the back of your head. Yep. Work with the coaches on that. Bill Belichick is not going to tell you anything 
right. like that. And by the right. way, if you saw Bill Belichick's pregame interview today, I he's not, he might not tell you anything. He, anything. He was a complete jackass to the reporter. Right. And when she, shocking everyone. She asked about Antonio Brown and what was the breaking point, and yeah. he glared daggers at her. He did. And I'm like, don't That's... be a jerk. Andy Reid, even in a loss, has never <laughs> been a jerk. <laughs> no, but he's working on his, his tight five and a half whenever yes. they uh, <laughs> whenever they wrap up a victory, um, especially yes. against a good team like that. He also mentioned Frank Clark's sack in the beginning of his presser, yes. which I thought was really interesting. Like, maybe he's trying to do a little bit of a, hey, everyone, I know that we gave this guy $100 million and you're going to be looking at him under a microscope, but uh, he had a really good play in a big moment there. So that was kind of interesting for him to bring up. Again, I, I, I swear we're going to talk about Frank Clark at some point. At the moment, I'm just watching Beards' reaction to figure out when Patrick Mahomes is about to begin speaking. What? I think he was right to point it out because that was Baltimore's eighth possession of the game. They were charging down the field. They had big chunks. Oh, yeah. Gains of eight yards, 31 yards, uh, 23 yards, and they were in third and 10, and that was a coverage sack. I, again, yes. I talked about the linebackers and the defensive backs being so good today, and uh, Lamar Jackson had nowhere to go, and Frank Clark rode him like a pony. <laughs> worth mentioning. Beard's going to have to play genuine now. Um, <laughs> so worth mentioning that we did, we don't get to watch. On a broadcast angle, we don't get to see the defensive backs very often. No. We know that there were coverage sacks because Lamar Jackson was running loops through yes. the backfield like five or six times today with no exaggeration. And, uh, and we can go out live now to Arrowhead. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes after the Chiefs win. Everyone in, everyone gets rest with the ones, uh, twos, whatever it is. And I think guys kind of build that that confidence then to know that they can play whenever they get their name called. And so you see that, and I think you've seen it for the last few years now, is whenever someone else gets their opportunity, they come up and they make plays. And so uh, that, that speaks to them being prepared every single week. Yeah, I think uh, just being on the same page as Coach Reed, knowing why he's calling the plays that he calls, uh, having answers. Uh, they got me on a few pressures today as far as they were flipping the pressures and getting me, but uh, at the same time, I was able to adjust quicker and, and, and kind of have more success uh, earlier in the game. Take us through the, the third nine to end the game. What was the origin of that? It's kind of a gutsy call. Yeah, it's 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 actually a pretty cool story. Me and Coach Reed and all the all the offensive pretty much coaches and and the, the quarterbacks we go through our four minute situations every single every single week. And I think I've done it for three years now. And we finally got called a play that we had already prepared for uh, and the night before. And so it just shows that every little detail matters. I mean, we had talked about that play uh, the night before. And, and you think you could, people would kind of just let that go if, after we haven't called it for a couple years now. But we had it prepared and, and we were ready to call it. And then we called it and we succeeded when we uh, got the opportunity to run it. How much does that? You said that was yeah, it was, and uh, we had we had set it up last week by running the actual little pump pass thing out there, and so we knew, uh, especially with uh, the Ra uh, the Ravens, they have a, a good veteran group of guys, so they were they saw the exact same formation and kind of thought we were going that way, and we were able to kind of slip them out the back door and give them, give them the pass and get the first down. Just along those lines, Pat, when, when you think about what they say is special, what what is it that you think about? 
I think it, I think I mean obviously the the way he's able to relate to people, the uh, way he's able to get the best out of every single player that he that he coaches is, is is something that is truly special about him. But uh, I think that 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 line of being aggressive but at the same time being smart and doing the right thing is, is something that's special. I mean, there's I want to go for it every single time, and he, and he has to tell me sometimes that we have to punt it. So I mean, it, it's it, it's like that. But I mean, he has that aggressiveness, but he knows how to manage the whole team at the same time. And just one other part to that. How much do you feel a little bit like an extension of him? I mean, Yeah, I mean, we, we we prepare ourselves each and every week to be on the same page. I mean, whenever he's calling plays and uh, Coach Bienemy and they're calling plays, I want to make sure I know why they're calling the play, not just spitting the play out. And so I think just building that relationship with those guys and knowing what we're, we're trying to do and who we're trying to get the certain matchup is, has helped me kind of, uh, I guess, uh, just keep building as, as a quarterback in this league. Patrick, I was going to say, I heard you say the last couple of weeks, you were going to go hard and run faster, run faster. Yeah, I mean, early in the game, it was more of a miscommunication thing as far as I thought he was going to run more vertical, but he saw Earl over the top, so he flattened it off, and he has that he has the ability to do that. I have to make sure I'm on the same page as him, so I told him just to keep running, to keep doing what he was doing, to keep playing fast, and then you saw whenever he got another opportunity up the seam, he was able to make a play on it, and once the ball gets in his hands, I mean, it's, it's, it's like that Tyreek effect where it's just about over. Patrick, going back to guys making plays next man up there, just talk about the plays that uh, Daryl Williams made, not just on the third nine screen pass that he threw to him, but some of those runs that he had in the fourth quarter that played to protect you. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it all, all training camp, and then obviously adding LaShawn at the end of that in there. We have a deep running back room, and those guys, every single one of those guys is prepared to play, and they can have success in them to play. And you saw Daryl last year in the, at the end of the, the season and in the playoffs make a lot of big plays. So he didn't he didn't get the start off at the beginning of the year, but whenever his number got called, he stepped right in and made plays, and that shows what kind of teammate, what kind of player that he is. Last two. Not, not necessarily. I mean, Earl's a, a, a great player, and he's been a great player for a long time. Uh, but we're going to play our offense and do our offense the way that we do it, and we're going to have opportunities to, to, to beat people deep, and uh, we're going to execute on those. And, uh, I mean, you can say it during the week, but we're still going to do what we do every single week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it goes with the the flow of the game. Uh, in the first half, I felt like they were kind of flying a little bit quicker with their linebackers up the field, and so when I kind of had some of those RPO, those run pass options, I was throwing the ball. And then as the game kind of settled down, and we kind of hit them on a couple of those, then they started kind of sitting a little bit longer. I was able to hand the ball off, and that's that's how you you have to execute a game plan. It's not about. Uh, I guess it's not about like going in there thinking try to run it first and pass it after that. You have to make sure that you just take what they're giving you and you'll be able to open both of them up as the game goes on. That is Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes live right here on Sports Radio 810 out from Arrowhead. And Patrick Mahomes' post-game press conference is presented by GoodSense. GoodSense was founded 30 years ago right here in Kansas City and couldn't be more proud of their hometown. They know to be truly good at something, it takes hard work, and it just makes good sense to have Patrick Mahomes as a part of their team. 
Uh, we will go ahead and take a break really quick. If you're on hold, I know Ryan and Mario, you're on the wrong side of 30 minutes. We'll get to you guys and anyone else who wants to get in line, 913-3810-810. Whenever we come back, Joshua Briscoe, Brad Porter. We're also going to hear from Frank Clark and probably a handful of other players from Arrowhead in our locker room report. You're listening to the Sports Radio 810 Chiefs postgame show brought to you by the Missouri Lottery. From scratchers to Powerball, every Missouri Lottery ticket you play creates opportunities for Missouri students. Play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Third down, goal to go. Chiefs down six to nothing. Hardman in motion. They give it off. Shady Touchdown! Kansas City! Shady McCoy! It's off tackle to the left side, and the Chiefs tie the game at six. And a great job on the left side of the offensive line. Getting the lead back right there is why that is our Tolan Moore due totally touchdown of the game. We raise a toast to LaShawn McCoy on his, believe it or not, first touchdown of the season. Wouldn't be his only touchdown even of the game, but his first one there in 2019. Tullamore Dew is the original triple-blended, smooth-sipping Irish whiskey made exactly for these great moments in fandom. Please drink Tullamore Dew responsibly. It was a really nice game for LaShawn McCoy, both out of the backfield as a pass catcher and as a runner, as you heard right there, and it was obviously important. The Chiefs were able to answer there after the Ravens marched on the field and put up six pretty quickly. By the way, the Ravens had not trailed in either of their first two games, so that was the first wow. time they had trailed this season. And uh, I heard Patrick Mahomes in that post-game press conference, asked. he was asked about Earl Thomas. That's Brad Porter. I'm Josh Briscoe, oh, by, by the yes. way. That was my fault. Go ahead, Brad. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was asked about Earl Thomas during the week, yes, making his statements. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to shut down those big plays. Stop them. I was just looking over the uh, Chiefs box score, and of course it flipped over to the Ravens right when I looked at it. So, uh, stopping big plays. Uh, Daryl Williams had a run of 41 yards. LaShawn McCoy had a run of 25 yards. Mahomes had a run of 11 yards. Uh, McCole Hardman had the 83-yard bomb catch. Travis Kelsey had a 21-yard catch. Sammy Watkins had a 36-yard catch. And Daryl Williams had a 16-yard catch, and Demarcus Robinson had an 18-yard catch. So, plenty of big plays. You can, no kidding. You can try. You can uh, talk. <laughs> speaking of press conferences, remember Andy Reid's and how good yes. that was and how interesting that was? Yes. That was also brought to you by KC Grilling Company, <laughs> located in Olathe at 159th and Merlin. Your one-stop shop for all your tailgating needs. Stop by and check out KC Grilling Company or go to kcgrilling.com. That one's on me. <laughs> Thank you, KC Grilling Company. And again, KC Grilling. Dot com. I'm going to go there right now just to give them an extra click because I read that too late. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've had a couple people waiting online for a long time. Let's go to Ryan. Ryan, it's been like 45 minutes, so this is going to be a great take. I can feel it. Hey, it's going to be a really good take. Uh, thank you to KC Grilling Company as well. Um, <laughs> great <laughs> point, Ryan. KCGrilling.com. Yeah, anything you need for uh, your grilling needs, uh, yeah, go over there. Uh, but no, <laughs> Gary reminds me of Dorn off a of major league. You know, when Lou Brown goes, shut up, Dorn. You know? <laughs> like, I, I love you, Gary. We need you as a, t- as a fan. But, dude. That was Lamar Jackson's yeah, – he played a heck of a game. He started, he did. I, I believe in that guy now. Yeah, me too. As he stays healthy, that last run he had, how are you supposed to guard that? I mean, that's the thing. You don't. He, I don't think he's as good as Patrick Mahomes. No. no. And two of those prayers that he threw up were they, – they got caught. That's what happens sometimes. Yep. Yep. I think we'll see them again in the playoffs. Uh, hopefully we don't have to because I think, you know, it would be another tough game. But – the defense, 
they played a, t- a team that doesn't play a traditional offense just like we don't. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a new a defense that we're learning. That's what everybody's got to be patient about. They're going to start learning the roles even better, especially when we have new guys. Frank Clark, he's shown up on every game for me, maybe not in the stats, mm-hmm. but he's always doing something, and I think he's a good leader as well. But anyway, hopefully that's a good enough call. Casey Growing Company. <laughs> I like the Thanks for the bailout, Ryan. I right, thank you. I like that he's in on it. <laughs> yeah, we need, I need all the help I can get. Some good points there before we uh, we get to Mario, who's also been waiting for a really long time. So get your, get your take right, Mario. Um, on the Frank Clark thing, that's, that is noteworthy. And, and for a while, the Ravens didn't even run it to his side of the field. They did run it towards his side of the field early in the game, and the play was, like, blown up completely. But I very much agree with the idea that, first of all, no, Lamar Jackson's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. He's not even really playing the position the same way as Patrick Mahomes, obviously. But I've I've watched this Ravens offense this year enough, and especially saw it enough today, to believe that this weird, kooky offense, that sometimes the, the passing is awkward, but the running game is really smooth, which is kind of funny because that's sort of counterintuitive to most of the NFL right now. I believe that that offense can work with that guy at quarterback, and and so I think there's no shame at all in the Chiefs having a little trouble with it today. By the way, you know, going back to training camp, how much I've talked about uh, my excitement over Juan Thornhill and getting drafted and being part of this team. Well, Juan Thornhill had a couple of of bad plays today. He also had a couple of pretty good plays He had a couple of good ones, but my point is about Lamar Jackson. As fast and as gifted as Juan Thornhill is, Lamar Jackson had that scramble run down the left side and made a little juke move on Juan Thornhill, made him look silly. And then a couple of plays later in the drive, uh, Mark Ingram gave a stiff arm to Juan Thornhill that he's going to be feeling till Wednesday. Let's go back to the phones, 913-310-810, if you want to chat about this game. Uh, let's go to Mario. Mario, what's up? Hey, gentlemen. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, you know, hey, the Ravens, they came and they brought it today. They came to win. And so, you know, that's a good football team. Don't take anything away from them. Don't take them lightly. So the fact that the Chiefs was able to come out with the W, hey, as I always say, the food and the drink always tastes better after the Chiefs <laughs> win. So I take it anyway if I, I can get it. So, yeah, you know, there's some things to be concerned about. But I believe that the defense is in the process of trying to gel and, and learn the system and discover who and what they are. And I think that – I'm optimistic, I like to say, that we are going to grow uh, in the second half of the season. And hopefully we might be able to pull off one of them big trades for a good corner as well. Um, you know, as far as uh, take my hat off to uh, guys like uh, Darrell Williams and, and guys like that who came in and contributed, uh, Demarcus Robinson made a heck of a grab in the end zone, I mean, and, and, and Hardman's. You know, getting used to the NFL. It's a lot of good things. When you take it into account, we didn't have Fisher or yep. we didn't have uh, Tyreek Hill. Yep. And we still beat a good team with a heck of an athlete, that quarterback, Michael Moore. So, hey, I'm optimistic. You know, hey, I know the bar has been set high for G Super Bowl. Uh, I hope that that comes to fruition for us. I can't take nothing away from the greatest coach in the history of the NFL and, and the GOAT, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, the man scientist. So, I mean, that remains to be seen. Because until we beat them, as my boy, the nature boy, used to say, in order to beat a man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> so we got to beat the man first before we can beat a man. So hopefully we can do that, Chiefs Kingdom, red and gold all day, every day. Jeez. Mario, I appreciate it. It's a good call. And he's right. Like, you can start looking ahead to the Patriots, but also – you can't play the Patriots in the AFC Championship game today. And so while I don't want to be, like, giving out kind of free moral victories, 
this is an actual victory. With mm. all of that being said, it's all, I think that's all absolutely fair. Anything, Brad? Or we're going to keep trucking through? Because we got, mm. as soon as somebody drops out, somebody <laughs> else is calling in. So I want to get to the callers. For I, sure. I think all those points are valid. You're not gonna, yeah. The, the next chance you'll get a test against the Patriots is, what, six, seven weeks from now? Eight I think even longer than that. Longer it's very, towards it's the end of the season. Certainly towards the end yeah. of the year. So yeah. you got a while to get ready for Bill Brady. <laughs> you got to listen to the whole show to get that. You got to listen to the whole show to get that. Let's go to Dan. Dan, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I just wanted to give hats off to guys like um, Alex Okafor, um, Emmanuel Agla. Um, the corners, they tackled really good today. Uh, mm-hmm. Charvarius Ward had a really good open field tackle. Um, Bashad Breland had a really good tackle on Mark Ingram, drove him into the ground. I mean, that stuff I feel like we wouldn't have seen last year. I feel like Ogba and uh, Jones and um, Okafor were in the backfield constantly yep. trying to get uh, Lamar Jackson down. And that's a good sign, man. I mean, like that guy called in talking about Bill Brady and all this and that. <laughs> and, but, but let me tell you something, Steve. If you're still listening, like, like these guys th- said, listen to him. Brady ain't going to be running around the pocket like that. He looks like Peyton yep. Manning trying to run around the pocket. Yep. Runs a 640. <laughs> and you think that guy's going to make those plays that that guy made today? You're crazy. Yeah. Shoot, would he have made those throws that Lamar Jackson missed? Yeah, but a lot of those throws that he missed, he was being rushed and all that kind of stuff. So I'm optimistic. I think the defense has done good. I think they're doing better. It was cool to see, you know, they didn't stop the run towards the end, but, man, those guys were tired. I feel like the Ravens had the ball for 10 to 12 minutes longer than we had, and we still beat them. If we get into a shootout with somebody, Reed's not going to let up. So, you know, people say, hey, if we play this guy or this guy, it's going to be close, it's going to be close. Well, I can tell you one thing. If we get in the shootout, Mahomes is going to throw seven or eight touchdowns, and we ain't going to let off the gas. So until we get to a shootout, we'll see where we're at right, you know, at that point. But I can tell you what, the defense looks good. Mahomes look good. When Tyreek Hill comes back, baby, it's going to be real bad for whoever's playing with us. Dan, good Have call. Good Appreciate it. Thanks for uh, for calling in here, the Chiefs post game show on eight ten. Yeah, I mean, I think that all of that again is is salient. The the Ravens had the ball for about five minutes more than the Chiefs today, which is funny because it did feel like more than that, um, and it also started getting stacked a little bit in the Chiefs' favor the, the last few minutes of the game because that stuff doesn't matter to me anymore. And and again, like the the way that these teams are going to end up trying to deliver problems to the Chiefs is going to change. And and one thing on the defense, because again, I, I know that there are reasons to both be optimistic here and to be a little pessimistic here and so if I can try to synthesize that a little bit the defense today was good enough today if the defense today is the exact same performance that we see in January or God forbid February it's probably not enough against the absolute best of whoever's still standing come January and February but I really do think there is something to be said here I, I, I promise you can check the tape I don't think you heard me saying anything like this last year I'm saying it this year because it is a new defensive coordinator there are a lot of new players there really is an element of continuing to grow in what they're doing right now for this defense so I, I don't think it's blindly fan optimistic to be hopeful that the, the defense will actually improve with time I, I think that there are actually smart reasons to believe that the defense is not at its peak yet Absolutely agree with you. And there was another point. I was just looking at a, at a number while, uh, well, we had the phone call there. Mm-hmm. One of the things the Chiefs are not going to do in January and February, at least I don't believe, is make huge mistakes or penalties at the wrong time. Now, they yeah. did that today. Um, uh, Andy Reid was asked about it, about the slow start. It cost him at the beginning the again. Penalty. So yep. it cost him at the beginning, but it did not late. Whereas the Ravens um, made penalties at 
all the wrong times. True. In fact, I I couldn't believe it when I saw the number, the, the stat they keep, the fir- number of first downs you get via penalty. Mm-hmm. Chiefs got four of those today. Yeah. They don't give up those, though. They don't commit those kind of penalties to give up first downs. By the way, the Chiefs were only in third down nine times today. They're moving the ball yeah. efficiently, man, and yep. they just do. Like Again, and I, I'm starting to, to, to get this as I talk to more and more Chiefs fans, talk to more callers, as I read more tweets. You know, at JB Briscoe on Twitter, if you're interested. Also, maybe at Brad K. Porter. I would suggest sure. both of those places, at Sports Radio 810, if you're really feeling it. Um, I, I do think people are starting to get to the point of, oh, yeah, we're watching a video game, and that means we can change our expectations for this offense. And like one of the callers mentioned, I haven't even mentioned Cam Irving and Eric Fisher or or no Tyreek Hill. Like, it no. doesn't matter. This was a really excellent offensive performance, an excellent offensive performance from the Chiefs. And they were doing it without two really, really important pieces. And, and as much as we marvel at Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense and putting, putting up points, it's really hard to score in the National Football League. Yes. Especially against yes. teams like the Jaguars and teams like the Ravens. It's really hard. I mean, teams do it. Teams average 20, 25 points a game, but it's hard to put up 30-plus. In fact, this is the, what, 26th consecutive game of the Chiefs scoring 25 or more points. That feels that, right that to me. That doesn't happen. No, no, that, it's it's un, it's it's unprecedented. And again, you can look at the five-point margin here and be a little bit nervous. I totally get it. It ended up being closer at the end than I thought it was going to be. Also, man, Vegas is good at this, aren't they? Um, it ended at five and a half, right? It's, I, it's 2019. We could talk about gambling. Yes, I think it ended at five and a half. Um, for you know, plus five and a half for the Ravens. It's a tight game at the end because again, it does sort of feel like the Chiefs maybe stalled out almost voluntarily. Like we're not going to keep pushing here. I would love to see that change, but I do think that's where it's coming from at this point. Uh, let's go back to the phones nine one three three eight ten eight ten. Let's go to Butch. Butch, what's up, gentlemen? How about those Chiefs, huh? I'd say JB, I can't complain, you a- but you've been listening, so maybe I can. <laughs> Exactly. This is how good I've been listening. JB, you do rough in the kicker podcast where you were talking to Seth Kaiser. You told Seth, man, this is bad for my mental health because you're <laughs> waiting for games like this all week. JB, right. I feel you. I, I just I couldn't wait for this game and it didn't disappoint. So a couple of quick notes. I'll let you guys get out of here. The first note, Matt Judon, number 99 for the Baltimore Ravens. When he sacked Patrick Mahomes for the first time, landed on top of him. He had a throat flash that should have went called by the refs for for a, a personal foul. It didn't get called. He needs to chill out. I, I don't want to see them in the playoffs because I'm afraid of what's going to happen with 99. He got into it with TK last year. I, I just don't like the guy. Mm. Um, but a couple of good notes for the Chiefs, Demarcus Robinson. I said here he is saving his young career. Yeah. What an amazing display of catching from him. And is doing more. We talked about the outer structure stuff. Now it's happening in structure, and we're watching him blossom. What a revelation. Um, another, another quick note is uh, that the running game it's not just it's not just uh, Patrick Mahomes playing a defense for the second time it's Andy Reid getting a second shot at the defense mm-hmm. we're seeing it here calling up amazing screen plays to beat the blitz to LaShawn McCoy uh, the third nine play at the end of the game to ice it away just the way he's learning to run the ball as well against a team like this with effectiveness that's what helps Patrick be as good as he is and what a revelation there as well and then lastly Cameron Irving man we can, give, can we give a ball, game ball to Cameron Irving we don't win this game without him holding up in the past game and I love that from him okay gentlemen go Chiefs thank you so much for taking my call appreciate it Butch good calls good calls today calls yeah. have been better than we have I think <laughs> getting a little bit nervous uh, I'm getting a, a positive Cam Irving call I actually feels like it probably balances the scales That's a little a bit because you're right There, here's the thing man there were moments when you went oh god Cam Irving you didn't do that for the game or for a quarter or for a half. You had a couple of moments, 
And, and Patrick Mahomes will make that offensive line simply look better. He will make that offensive line look better by the stuff that he'll escape. That's a part of what he does out there. And, and talking about uh, Judon and the late hits he's yep. putting on, and yep. it, like I said earlier in the show, the Ravens dare you to throw those kind of flags on because they yep. can't call it all the game long if they the keep The Jags doing it. and the Raiders did and, it too. I think we're probably seeing a pattern yes. against the Chiefs. Yes, and there was also the one play that I was disappointed wasn't flagged. And look, but you can't complain. Oh, we didn't get a flag. I'm not. And there were a couple of flags that I thought but were in the Chiefs' favor, to be late, honest. Late in the game, Darwin Thompson, when he could not uh, get any forward progress, mm-hmm. he's getting stretched out of the sideline. I believe it was Judon who hit him not only late, but on the replay, it was very clearly helmet to helmet, hmm. and there was intent yeah. on that, and it just it didn't it didn't go called. Yeah, and I, I think there's a, probably a fair conversation to have there. And again, I think there were probably a, f- a few things I was surprised went in the Chiefs' favor. Yes. So I mean, listen, and there's stuff like the time that the fact that Andrew had to use a challenge to like get the ball spotted at the right place. Like, why aren't we just using the microchips in the footballs already? I, somebody on Twitter was like, there actually are like RFID chips in there for like next gen analysis and stuff. Could we just use those for the yeah. first down markers? Laser I know guidance. this is a weird mm-hmm. thing for me to get off track on, <laughs> but like I'm really tired of just old dudes with chains and note cards telling you where the ball actually went. Well, to. I like the one where there's a breakaway play and whether it's a penalty or fielding a punt or a kickoff. I like the referee that just throws his hat on the field. Yeah. That's where we're going to mark there's it. There's a hat and there's this a bean is, bag. It's 2019. <laughs> I'm going to throw my hat to let you know where we're going to spot the ball. All right, let's go to Sean before I take a break here on the Chiefs Post Game Show. You're on the air, Sean. What's up? Hey, how you guys doing today? Excellent. How are you? Yeah, just uh, reflecting on the game. I thought that offense looked good, but... um. The secondary, I don't know, man. It, it was reminiscent of like the uh, the playoff game versus uh, Tennessee a few years ago. Interesting. With Lamar, with, with Lamar Jackson just throwing things up like that, man. Um, I thought I thought the secondary, you know, especially the cornerback, the stuff should have had better position because some of the stuff he was throwing up were easily interceptions, and I don't think that the defense capitalized on that. I mean, they did good things pressuring them from the line, but. There were just too many mishaps, and I think they got to buckle down as we move forward. Sean, I appreciate the call, and we'll have to come back around to that on our end because I think that's a. I think that first of all, the comparison to the Tennessee playoff game, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. That's one of the first things with the secondary. That I mean, you know what? I'm going to buy in on that. I do have some relatively strong feelings on the secondary, kind of in the grand scheme of things. Beards, can we stick in one more call before a break? Here, we got a bunch of audio and everything. Also, Beards looked at me to say no. Let's go to Mark. Mark, you're on the air. Hey, guys. Uh, great game. Um, I think there's some thoughts I had about about the defense. I think, obviously, uh, just by the sheer output of points that the opposition has put out, our defense has been dramatically better. I think we've seen a better pass rush. I mean, our linebackers seem like they learned to tackle again. And, yes. and for sure, our safety play, I mean, I guess we didn't realize how bad it had gotten, but I really, I really think Juan Thornhill has been great, and Matthew has been great. Um, I, I do think we uh, we need to pr- probably need to upgrade at our cornerback position. I know that's why I always talk about Jalen Ramsey and Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. has been going on. I don't know what the likelihood of that uh, is going to happen, but to me, I, I don't I don't think we've really faced any lights out offenses yet. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mean, I'm kind of holding my uh, holding my breath until. You know, so I was looking at the schedule. I don't even know. Maybe the maybe the Chargers, maybe maybe the Patriots is the first time we're gonna. Yeah, that's exactly the thing about it. Is well, where do you start getting nervous? I think that's a fair point. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I think I think we have to see what what we do against some of those defenses, but or offenses. But I think uh, we can only judge what we've seen so far. And I think 
right now it's, it's looking looking good. Hey, uh, I appreciate the call. We got to get out of here and we take a break. We've got a bunch of audio. Also, uh, the, weirdly, the Lions haven't lost a game yet. And that's what's happening next it's week. It's so random that we're playing. I know we're playing that division this year, but just seeing the Chiefs week Lions four on, the, is weird. On, the, on the schedule seems so random to it, me. Yeah, it really is odd. And they went out and beat the Eagles in Philadelphia yep. today. So that's I, – I don't listen, man. I, I try really hard to understand the NFL, and I've sort of gotten to the point where I'm giving up, and I'm going to try to understand the Chiefs. And if I can get anybody else after that, I'll take it. How would you like to be doing the postgame show in Philadelphia? Today? I would not. <laughs> I would not. We would take no calls because FCC violations are a thing to worry about. Right. Uh, all right, we got to take a break. We got a bunch of audio. We'll get to Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark and the previously aforementioned Cam Irving and Demarcus Robinson. A ton of people talk today out of the Chiefs locker room. We'll bring you some of that whenever we come back here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810. From scratchers of Powerball, every Missouri Lottery ticket you play creates opportunities for Missouri Lottery students. Play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. I'm Josh Briscoe with Brad Porter. Chiefs postgame continues next here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Play action fake. Here comes a blitzer. Fake pattern to the near side. And it is caught by Robinson. Touchdown, Kansas City. An incredible one-handed catch by Demarcus Robinson on a deep corner route of 18 yards. And the Chiefs strike gold in the gold end zone. That play was unbelievable. It's one of the handful of times this year that I've said things to the television that I wouldn't repeat into a radio microphone because I was so stunned by what I just saw. We will talk about and hear from Demarcus Robinson over the course of today's show, but that is unquestionably our play of the game. Brought to you by Central Bank of the Midwest. Take a new look at what's possible. Central Bank of the Midwest. Visit centralbank.net. That was a one-handed OBJ-type uh catch and it was a freaking fadeaway jumper from <laughs> yeah. Mahomes and I was he was he his back was turned yeah. towards the end zone what the <laughs> hell was that and I I half thought that Mahomes wasn't intending to do that that he was maybe just trying to chuck it he <laughs> he loved it he loved every second of that yes uh I mean seriously just an absolutely unbelievable play there just I mean craziness all the way through uh, it's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. I'm Josh Abrisco with Brad Porter, Beers and Flies hitting all the buttons. Connell is roaming around taking your calls, making sure all of the audio doesn't have any curse words in it. Uh, so shout out to the entire crew that's uh, producing the effort right now here today. If you want to get in line on the phones, 913-3810-810, we will. If you get on the phones, we will eventually talk to you. But we have a ton of audio from Arrowhead to get to. And I want to start with Tyron Matthew. He had a relatively quiet first couple of games, um, but as he he himself gave me the analyst the the, uh, the analyzing on Twitter. Uh, you gotta be run at or thrown at to do things from a safety's perspective. And as it's been talked about already tonight, the safety play this year has already been so much better yep. than the best it ever was last season. Let's hear from one of the Chiefs' big offseason additions, safety Tyron Matthew, after the win today against uh, against the Ravens. Is this game what you expected? Two of the top teams in the league, two of the top quarterbacks. Is, did it come down to the way you thought it would battle out? I mean, we knew it was going to be a hard-fought game. Um, no matter how the game may start, or you know, it would be ebbs and flows throughout the game. But we knew it was going to come down to you know um, us being on defense or you know um, them being on offense. So either way, we just try to find a way to make a play. Thought our offense did a great job keeping the ball into the game. Thought defensively, you know, we played well. Certain stretches. Um, Definitely could clean up some things, though. 
have a, a fourth down stop, and then on the two-point conversions, you guys made key stops when you needed to. Well, a lot of people think we don't play defense here, but, <laughs> you know, so we take pride in, you know, our work. Tell me about this. When you get in a game like that and they start going for fourth downs and two-point conversions, you get a feel like this is going to be different than a normal game where everyone's just going to punt on fourth down? Do you feel that when you get in one well, of these? Well, we know coming into the game, um, especially when those guys, you know, push closer to their 50, you know, closer into our territory, um, it's a four-down possession. Um, so they got a great quarterback that could, you know, easily get five, ten yards with his legs and – um, so we knew it was going to be that kind of ball game. Uh, I thought most of all we was prepared. He threw up a couple prayers. Um, but other than that, felt like we played pretty good situational. His longest rush was nine yards. That's yeah. a victory for you guys, right, When you when, with, the, with the way he can run it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess so. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day it's all about us, you know, uh, just playing defense and limited, limiting all their playmakers, which I thought, you know, Breland did a good job on, uh, you know, Marquise Brown and obviously our tight, their, their tight ends. Weren't, weren't really active. Um, so, um, and then, you know, uh, Lamar's a playmaker. He's going to make plays, but I thought overall, you know, we, we kind of showed up today. Hey, Tyron, you talk about the different stuff that, that Lamar brings. When he rolls right and throws it like 50 yards across the field, I mean, do you ever see that? Have you yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's why those guys are special. You know, him, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, just a few of those guys in that class. And, you know, um, that's why they're special. They just make those kind of plays. Um, and, you know, none of us could ever figure out, you know, how did that happen, you know. But, um, I mean, that's the guy special, you know. Sounds like you got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. People say there's no defense played around here. Yeah. You guys kind of bringing that is. to the team? Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, we're going to continue to get better, um, continue to line up, continue to play defense. Everybody outside of this building doesn't matter. Um, we know our goals. We know what we're capable of. And um, we're going to continue to push towards that. That is merely the beginning of our Chiefs Locker Room Report. That's Tyron Matthew. And the Chiefs Locker Room Report is brought to you by Continental Siding. Whether it's football or home improvement projects, you want to be a part of a winning team at Continental Siding Supply. Continental Siding Supply, giving lifetime warranties on siding and windows for 34 years. See for yourself at smartsiding.com. I think Lebo is right there. A little bit of a chip on the shoulder for uh, Tyron Matthew. Yes, and uh, to go back to a caller in the last segment, uh, Tyron Matthew was one of the callers said we had a couple of potential interceptions uh, that the Chiefs did not get, and he's correct. Tyron Matthew had one in his hands in the end zone yep. on the broadcast. Oh, great knockdown by Tyron Matthew. No, he actually, the ball was in his hands and he dropped it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another one that Daniel Sorensen, he was coming straight across the middle, and had he turned his head, Lamar Jackson whistled the ball right behind him, could have turned and, and caught it. Uh, let's continue chipping away here. We will come back to the secondary and something else. I've, again, I've promised a lot of things. We're going to basically do this show until people stop calling and until we've stopped hearing from Chiefs <laughs> players. So uh, we will eventually, I'm giving you long-range promises, we'll eventually talk about uh, the secondary a little more and talk about Frank Clark a little more. He's been a hot topic through these first three weeks of the season, and he uh, spoke following the game out in the locker room at Arrowhead. He was asked about playing against Lamar Jackson. It's, it's very tough, you know what I mean? When you're looking at a guy who... You know, got all the comparisons of the best, you know, running quarterbacks and, you know, throwing quarterbacks of our time and uh, the past, you know, it's very hard. You know, Lamar Jackson, he gave us his best shot. He gave us all he can, you know, do. And, um, you know, we found a way as a defense and, you know, our offense kept putting up points, kept doing what they, you know, had to do. Pat had another amazing day. And um, we're just playing great team football right now. It's got to be a blessing, though, for you to be able to come out on the right side of that 
uh, you knew they were going to give it your best shot, like you said. Yeah, I knew, you know, and um, at the end of the day, that's what you prepare for. You know, when you are a team like us, you know, you always prepare for another team's best shot. You always prepare, you know, for another team to come in, especially to the stadium. You know, you're at Arrowhead. They know that we got the home crowd, you know, in our favor. They know um, we're going to come. We're going to give us our all. You know, we playing in front of our fans, and we don't want to upset them. So at the end of the day, you know, they came here with a great attitude. They came here with, you know, a great competitive nature, and um, they gave us our best shot. Like you said, you seen the score of the game, man. It was a tough game. You know, it wasn't nothing easy. It wasn't a walk in the park, you know. We came out there on top, and that's all that matters. Frank, after that first Ravens drop, what did you guys figure out on the defense to kind of slow them down a little bit in the first half? Um, we just start playing sound football at the end of the day. You know, I, I said all the time, it's not perfect, you know, but if you play, you know, the technique enough, you know, you make those plays that you need to win the game. And I feel like we made the necessary plays, you know. You had some mislaps here and there. He threw a few balls up that was, you know, questionable, you know, the, um, the P.I., the offensive P.I., stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, our DBs held fast. You know, our D-line held fast. We kept getting after it. You know, we kept putting pressure on it as the end of the game came. As you're saying, we put more pressure on them for them to um, force some of those mistakes. And um, like I said, we got off the field. What keys kind of keep uh, Lamar Jackson off balance early in the game? It looks like kind of he had trouble getting into a rhythm into the fourth quarter. Um, I, I believe one of the keys is just forcing him to, you know, go into a certain direction. You know, when you force him to go right or you force him to go, you know, to a direction where he, um, he's much, you know, his passing rating goes down when you when you get him on the run. You know, but also, you know, the negative of getting him on the run is, you know, that guy, he get out in the open field, he's going to make a few guys miss. He's going to get some positive yards. And we've seen that today. You know, we've seen, you know, a few times when guys, you know, thought they had sacks, you know, and they get away. And, uh, that's all across film. You know, he's a great player at the end of the day. Like, you know, I don't take nothing away from his game. Like I said, he gave us his best shot. He will give another team his best shot. It might be enough, but unfortunately today we had, you know, we had that number. Is that a team you expect to see again at some point this year? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, they're great enough to, you know, make it to that next level, which is the playoffs, and uh, they got a great leader up there and their quarterback and the, and the defense who playing some great football. So at the end of the day, uh, I'm sure they coaches to figure it out. But uh, myself, you know, I'm a chief. I, I'm glad I don't got to figure that out. And um, I just want to celebrate this victory with my teammates. You just talked about the DBs behind you. What's it like having those guys behind you making plays like they made today, especially facing against the Lamar Jackson? Um, I feel like our DBs never get enough credit. You know, everybody, you know, you hear about it all the time. You know, I don't even, I'm not even in the social media or read, read about it. I just tweet. You know, and I, I get off. You know, I go on Instagram, I post something and get off. But, you know, you hear about it. You know, our coaches showed us something. You know, and then you hear about the people always talking about how bad our DBs are, how bad our linebackers are. But they playing excellent football, man. You look at our DBs, they're going against some, you know, some tough competition. You look at the last three weeks where you've had, you know, competition. You had great quarterbacks. You had guys throwing the ball over their head, testing them all year. And um, they, they haven't gave up a lot of big plays. You know, you got some some tricky plays where it go either direction. Like I said, with quarterbacks throwing the ball up and guys making great plays. But um, at the end of the day, I feel like they're playing sound football. Um, I feel like it can be more on the whole defense, though. You know, we got to play better all across the board. You guys like Ogba had a pretty good game today. I know a lot of people focus on your attention on you. How did you see him kind of for today a little bit above what he's been doing so far? It's pretty dope, man. Like I said, man, anytime you got, you know, a core group of guys, and I said core, um, because you got guys who are all contributing, you know, no matter if they're starter, no matter if they're second string or call them backups, you know what I mean, to the first. But um, everyone's contributing. And um, a guy like Agba, you, like I said, you mentioned him, you mentioned guys like TK, you know, who come along, who come in there and help. Um, you know, they playing great football to help, you know, take some of that pressure off guys like me, guys like Chris, guys like, you know, um, AO on the other side. So, you know I, know, I know what to expect, man. It comes with the territory, you know what I mean? You got the big, you know, you got the price tag on your head, you got, you got everything on you. 
because you're the money guy, whatever they say. But at the end of the day, you know, that's the life I, I enter, and I'm, I'm ready to take on it full. And, you know, I, I commit to it. You know, I love the double team. They got to keep it coming and just open up more opportunities for my other guys. How do you feel to get your first sack out there? I feel cool. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've, had, I've had many sacks, so at the end of the day, you know, it feels always good. It feels getting that first one, an arrowhead, you know, in front of our fans. And, you know, I want to say, you know, I wish I would have got one earlier in the season, but, you know, why not, you know, come home and that'd be my first sack to get. I think that's pretty awesome. How much better do you think this defense can get? We'll get, we'll get great. We'll get great. You know, this is just the, 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 the stepping stone. This is the first time y'all seeing this. You know, you can, you can, you, you really don't, you know, see your potential until you're actually out there full time. You know, preseason, we're out there for a few quarters. You're out there for a few minutes. You're not really, you know, able to show what you can really do. You got to go through the, you know, the trials and tribulations throughout the season. And I feel like we're doing that and we're growing. You know, you got a long season. Keep on going and see where you end up at the end. All right, guys. This last one. Being on the other side of the ball, you know, watching three regular season Pat Mahomes games now, how special is that just having your team watch that out there? Just produce points. Oh, man, it just, it just um, it makes me understand and realize that I'm going to have a lot of opportunities, so I got to capitalize. You know, you got a guy like Pat back there, quarterback. You got this explosive receiving core. You know, I could say they're the best in the league. Um, you got some running backs back there toting the pill, taking it off of Pat, you know, when he needs it. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you got an offense playing like that, it, also, it helps the defense. You know, as a defense, when we're looking at the offense, you know, um, march the ball, you know, and you just came off a 12-play series, you know, it, it, only, it only inspires you. You know, you want to you show favor to your offense by going to get that ball back, giving them more opportunities. You know, Pat comes down every time he scores and just say, get the ball back. You know, and that just helps, you know, when you got a quarterback who's that in tune with the game that he's focusing his attention on us and, you know, giving just that extra encouragement to go out there and do the job there. It's Frank Clark, I think, making a lot of totally fair points about where this defense is at right now. And you can definitely tell there's a sort of chip on the shoulder of the entire defense. And listen, I, I also think it's fair for that to be there. I think a lot of the criticism that was brought out last year is absolutely fair. And then some of the questions about where this defense is going to be is also totally fair. This isn't a defense full of scrubs, uh, but it's also a defense that still has a lot to prove. And they can keep that chip on their shoulder all they want. And they can say that people say that they don't play defense all they want. Totally fine. I think they're playing defense. I do think they're going to need to play better defense by the end of the year, and I don't think any of them are going to disagree with us on that. No, and we had a caller earlier in the show bring up the fact that guys are still adjusting to Steve Spagnuolo's system. That which is, is a, a real thing. Which is a fair point. Yes. And also, in your third game of the season, not that every NFL offense is not different from the other because they, all are, they are all different, Yeah. but the Baltimore Ravens defense is really different to prepare for. The Venn diagram of the Jags and Raiders offenses is actually pretty close yeah. to just a circle, especially with Minshew out there getting the ball super, super fast. Those two offenses, I think, ultimately were probably very similar. This is a totally different ball game. And literally. by the way, we mentioned, or at least I mentioned, how good I thought the defensive backs were for the Chiefs because Lamar Jackson was standing around a lot looking for somebody, and there were coverage plays, coverage sacks. Yeah. They had not, the Ravens did not complete a pass to a, a wide receiver until the end of the second quarter. Yep. And you can say Lamar Jackson might not have been targeting these guys, but that was because the defensive backs were all over the place. And I've spent a lot of time over a few seasons now being very critical of, of what happens whenever linebackers are asked to cover tight ends. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson went to the tight ends a ton today. Yes. But the, the linebacker group did a pretty nice job in coverage, which mm -hmm. is not something I'm terribly comfortable saying on a regular basis. Right. Like, there were some really nice plays throughout there, and we can't talk about it anymore right now because we got to take a break really bad. Beards is fuming right now. The only reason Steam isn't coming out of his ears is because there are headphones covering both of them. <laughs> so we'll take a break here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. It, it is definitely toasty in there, I can tell, yeah, because it's... Uh, 
because it's filled with steam. It's basically a sauna in the control room. But we're cool here on the uh, on the studio side. We'll take your calls whenever we come back. I'd give out the phone number, but it's literally a full board. Plus, we got a bunch more audio. I think all of this busyness and all of this stuff to get to is actually a pretty good sign because the Chiefs are three and zero. They just beat. I would say at least the third most dangerous team in the AFC. And we'll keep talking about it whenever we come back. There's Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Single back Mahomes, first and 10 from his own 17. Lord, he's got Hartman wide open, 50, 40 foot race, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City as Hartman slings the ball into the section behind the goalpost. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. The NFL MVP is going to be our famous among friends, Chiefs player of the game. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of your Kansas City Chiefs. There could have been an argument, though, that he wasn't even the MVP of that play. Right. Because Hardman was wide open. Now listen, that was a dime from Patrick Mahomes. But upon further review on my end... That was a pretty tough play by McCole Hardman to stay in stride that way. Like, listen, he turned around and got to the ball, and that's what he's supposed to do there. But it was the very least a really nice play from him to spot that ball, to stay perfectly in stride. Of course, an excellent, perfect throw from Patrick Mahomes. But just an incredible play all around from Reed to Mahomes to Hardman. Just an A+. By the way, when I watched that replay, Hardman had burned his corner, and he was way past his corner. Yeah. And the safety was absolutely helpless. Yep. To get, I, I saw the safety running, and it's like, you're not even a chance. And then I heard the the one entertaining thing that Dan Fouts said was, <laughs> oh, he runs a 4-2-40. That was a 4-2-80. So that was, <laughs> that was kind of funny. That's kind of funny. He has his moments. And, uh, yeah, a few far between, rare. One week. By the way, Ian Eagle's fantastic, by the way. He sure is. You know, maybe we should just do that. Whenever you talk about Dan Fouts, we're going to talk about how great Ian Eagle is. Ian, he's fantastic. Oh, man, I love Ian Eagle. That broadcast crew today, boy, Ian Eagle's excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. I think that's what we're going to do. I think McCole Hardman's going to keep doing that to people, by the way. Like, I don't know if you want to play him in your fantasy league on a regular basis. I don't know. Maybe you do all hills out. You probably do, actually. But he could have eight... 60, 70, 80-yard touchdowns this year, and I wouldn't even bat an eye at it. And that shows how incredibly high-powered this offense is. By the way, on the swing pass they threw to Hardman on the left side that he bobbled and almost dropped, Yeah, and then the defenders are flying at him, and he turns around and goes all the way to the other side of the field and picks up, what, 15 yards? He's fast. He's he's fast. And the thing I appreciate about that play is Patrick Mahomes sees Hardman coming back at him, and it's like, "Uh uh-oh, something bad is happening. And he got out in front like he was going to pull an Alex Smith and block somebody. And thankfully, Patrick Mahomes, when he got down the field, yep. got better of it yep. and decided to uh, slide and break up the double play. Yeah, that's so. absolutely Smart the move play for by him. Mahomes. We haven't you. even really mentioned, by the way, Demarcus Robinson, how good he was oh, today. Fantastic. Yeah. He, he turned in he turned into Jerry Rice. Like, <laughs> I mean, the touchdown in the corner was incredible. The touchdown on the sideline, where instead of instead of toe tapping, he knee tapped. Right. Listen, man, I I am I am always going to try to remind people that value in the NFL is going to to almost entirely sports uh, weeknights and sports radio eight Tim to almost entirely come from head coaches and, and quarterbacks right like that's going to be that is the first mover no question by the way the one player we have not talked about yet at all 
Travis Kelsey. I haven't even mentioned him. It's like the third week in a row. Right? Like hey, two hours into the show, I was like, yeah, Travis Kelsey was really good today. Eight targets, seven catches, and yeah. was just phenomenal. And yeah. There's a little, here's a little tidbit for you. So he's the first tight end in the Super Bowl era to have 426 receptions and over 5,500 yards. That happened over 83 games. Guess how many straight games he's gotten a reception in? I feel like he might have had it broken up with Alex Smith once. I, mean, I would put it like 30-something maybe. He's on 82. Unbelievable. 82. Unbelievable. Third best streak in Chiefs history. I'm and sure Tony Gonzalez has the has the top spot. He might have the top two. Yeah. Um, it, it, Quietly. It's a quiet, yeah. that's a quiet 7 for 89 uh, on on eight targets for Travis Kelsey. It's <laughs> unfreaking real. Um, and, and then on the Demarcus Robinson thing, the, the thing I was going to sort of lay out there is I, I, at this point, I can't tell. I can't tell. Like the things that Demarcus Robinson is doing, he looks like he looks like Michael Thomas. He looks like Mike Evans in, in yep. these little flashes. And I don't know if that's just Mahomes and Andy Reid or if that's actually what he is. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll take some calls. We'll let you hear from Demarcus Robinson here momentarily. But first, we will go to Rick. Rick, what's up? Hey, I'm just following up on your last comment. Demarcus Robinson has just been lights out the last couple of games. Incredible. But is this his third year with uh, the Chiefs? I know it's his contract you know? season, so I believe this is his third year. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> he he is. <laughs> He keeps that up, and people are going to be saying Sammy who at the end of the season. Uh, uh, and then another thing you guys have touched this on. Is, sorry, uh, this is his fourth year, and I'm an idiot. I should have figured that out, but that's my correction before you even get done with your call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Some of the first down calls or placements by the refs were bad. I mean, they just weren't even close. No. They were a yard, yard and a half off, and... It's, uh, you know, so anyway, I'll listen to your comments throughout the year. Well, Rick, I appreciate you bringing that up, and I also appreciate you mentioning Sammy Watkins because Watkins is under contract next season, um, and Demarcus Robinson is not at this moment, but Watkins has a pretty dumpable contract. They could eat some dead money to, to relieve that contract, uh, that, that, that cap space if they felt the need to. This is the question, though, like, I, again— uh, up until this season, Demarcus Robinson had four career touchdowns. I forgot about him being on the team in 2016 because he was a special teamer. He didn't have a target in his first season. And then he had he had uh, 200 yards in his second and third years. And right now he's got almost 200 yards three games into this season off of two absolutely dynamic performances. The good news is for the Chiefs, they don't have to make the evaluation on Watkins and Robinson until this offseason. But, uh, man... He's looked incredible. He looked absolutely incredible. And bringing up Sammy Watkins, he had a pretty quiet day. He did have a big catch on the ball that was tipped up in the air, and yep. he was able to maintain his concentration uh, behind excellent. the defensive back, and it was great, but uh, a little bit quiet. Uh, the last couple of games, since he had his explosion in Week 1, he's been a little bit quieter. But that's the evaluation you have to make on Demarcus Robinson. And I brought this up earlier in the season. We all loved Albert Wilson when he was here. Yeah. Because he would make, you know, one and or two. And if he was in Patrick Mahomes' offense running right. out of the slot instead of McCool Hartman, right. he'd make more and, money. And the Dolphins paid him a ton of money. Yep. So we'll have to see how it works out with uh, Demarcus Robinson. JT, you've been on hold for a while. Let's go to you. What's up, man? Hey, guys. Uh, I don't know if, you, if you're sensing it, but it feels to me as if this uh, this NFL season is uh, like the, uh, the Highlander, okay? You know, there can be only one, and it's really coming down to Brady versus Mahomes. Yes. And the AFC Championship game will decide everything. Yep. Uh, everything else that that is going on is almost superfluous at this point. It just seems that that we're we're really watching greatness, and it's 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 
you know, it's unbelievable. It's fantastic to watch. I mean, 370 today in passing, and it felt like he really didn't throw that well. Yes, and or that often, for that matter. Right. Yeah, that didn't really feel like it was clicking. Anyway, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I called you guys after the game and said 6,060 is likely. Uh, I'd like to just uh, pat myself on the back and say that ESPN has now followed up with an article saying that's possible. <laughs> it is certainly possible. J- uh, JT, thank you for the call. It's always good Thanks, to hear from you. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could legit do that, and if the Chiefs keep throwing the ball, and again, whenever I rail on the run game, I'm not railing against the screen game. To me, those are actually, like, I just look at the, the screen game as being such a more efficient way of doing that, that whenever those runs are coming out of the hand of Patrick Mahomes, all of those little screen passes end up adding on to the stats, and so that is the one place where I kicked myself where I didn't think he was going to regress on any sort of actual level, but I said, you know, 50 in, uh, in 5,000 is really hard. I should have probably contended with the fact that they're going to continue throwing a ton of stuff in the screen game, and this is what Patrick Mahomes is at this point. And you know what will happen if he goes for 6,060? You know what the storyline the next offseason will be? Uh, is it going to be 70 and 7,000? No, it's going to be, well, Well, now he has to regress. Well, now there's two <laughs> seasons of film on him. How could he possibly? Uh, back to the phone. Let's go to Ronnie. What's up, Ronnie? My man, Brad. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller here. Uh, I've been on hold for about 40 minutes, so I'm really stoked to, to really get on with you. Yeah, thank uh, you for waiting. We yeah, appreciate of course, it. <laughs> uh, of course. I, I agree with the previous caller about uh, Robinson, but what I really want to talk about is my man, one three. Byron Pringle's been honestly legendary. He's been a legendary performer since the days back in Tampa in 2011, back at Robinson High School. I think he's really need to go back to the fundamentals, and uh, I'm just kind of sick of Mahomes throwing off his back foot to Robinson. If you really want to see fundamentals, then... I feel like it has to be through 1-3. In his junior year at Robinson, when they went 12-2, it was something different. Uh, and don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he didn't even have a single fumble at Cape State. So, go Cap. But at the end of the day, if we trade Pringle for Jalen Ramsey outright, then I guess I am all in. But Byron's showing today really did uh, show me that he should be rostered in about 80% of fantasy leagues. So. I have no beef with any of this. Uh, basically, Jerry Rice in the modern form. Yep. But thanks for having me on, Brad. Have a good week, man. Is that, uh, Thanks, Ronnie. Yeah, I think that's all accurate. That was Bill Snyder. He sounds he say, sounds very very. That was youthful. Uh, that was Byron Pringle's agent calling <laughs> in. Wow. Uh, if you haven't noticed, Brad, uh, every K State alum is Byron Pringle's agent. Yeah. That's sort of that's Look, sort of the feel that I've gotten. I like. He did have a catch today. By I, the way, he did have a catch today. I like Byron Pringle. He. Got over his drops at K State. He had I wouldn't trade him straight up for Jalen Ramsey. No, this no. guy you got to you got to count on in your starting lineup in a in a potential Super Bowl showdown. And yeah, and it's certainly in your fantasy league, no yeah. question. Uh, let's keep it moving. Let's go to Neil. Neil, you're on the Chiefs post game show. What's up, man? Hey fellas, thanks for taking my call. Um, first of all, let's give out some cheers. LaShawn, great game. Of course, Patrick, great game. Ogba, Okafor, everybody on the defensive line, I had a fairly decent game. Tyron Matthews finally heard his name. And Frank Clark and the sack, finally. Thank goodness for that. Now, having said all that, here's, I got jeers for this one big time. I don't think I've ever been more upset in a win in my life, to be honest with you. I mean, answer this question for me, guys. First of all, first of all why do they even have the rule that we can um, challenge offense pass interference mm-hmm. if they're not going to call it. That was you know, the most – if that's not offensive pass interference on that fourth down play, I mean, we should have won this game by double digits at least. Was that – I mean, yeah. how, how was that not called? And then the other thing is, after that even, um, 
I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, they. What about what about the when we get the when when Hardman called for the fair catch mm-hmm. and he got hit. They didn't call that. And then also, didn't they kick? It, correct me if I'm wrong. Did they not kick that ball with two minutes and one second on the clock? I yeah. Mean, when when even even if there's a fair catch, don't they at least take one second off the clock? Does the clock not move when a fair catch is called? Why was the two minute warning two plays later? Why did they not? Why was it? Why was Baltimore not forced to call a timeout? We can actually answer that one for sure, Neil. I appreciate the call, uh, Brad. You're nodding. You're shaking your head at the fair catch thing. Yes, if you fair catch it, there's no time off. No the, time moves. There was a drop there, kick there. There was no action that happened. And and so taking the fair catch means the clock never actually moves because the, the clock doesn't start there until the the the, the reception has been had of right. the, of the kickoff. So just like if, I mean, if they would have if they would have kicked it through the back of the end zone, no time would have gone off the clock there either. Um, but on a fair catch like that, it's a really rare yeah. instance in which that is how that works. It was a smart play by the by the I almost said the Jaguars by the Ravens. Uh, to drop kick it and make sure that no time went off, mm-hmm. and you get the two minute warning plus you save a timeout. So very smart play by Baltimore, and it was a very smart play by McCole Hardman to call for the fair catch yep. instead of trying to catch it and then possibly getting drilled and fumbling it or something like that. So yeah, I had a smart play on both sides. And so, uh, and he did. There was contact on the fair catch, but that was, I think, at least predominantly a guy being blocked into him, and that's not illegal. If you t- if you if your own teammate hits you first, you could get blasted back into the upper deck. It's mm-hmm. it's if a, a defender hits you straight on and listen man if you showed me that play uh that he was referring to that that Andy Reid challenged and said is this pass interference you have a flag in your pocket right now my inclination would be to say probably but there was a bit of hassling back and forth with the receiver and Kendall Fuller the receiver certainly got the better positioning by the end of it if you looked at at, at that play though and said all right you this has not been challenged will you overturn this I would say absolutely not because listen I mean the fact that that rule exists at all is is a little bit of a of a disaster waiting to happen yes it's there to solve what we saw with the Rams and the uh and the Saints last year and the rule that's that's where it's an egregious yes. miss that's this what- one's you know, maybe pass interference. That's what I was going to say is the rule specifically says it has to be egregious. It's got to be pass interference it, and a half. It's got like, to be the Saints-Rams, what happened. That was yep. that was egregious. This was not egregious. This was debatable. Yep. I'm not throwing a flag on that. I'm just... And I don't think... I, I understand why Reed challenged it because you don't even really know what the rule is at this point mm. with the enforcement of the rules going to be, so I think it's reasonable. I'm, I'm more upset about the spotting of the football today, which was... Yeah, that was all <laughs> Out, terrible. Which was outrageous, especially on the... When the refs gave the uh, tight end the first down, and it was a yard and a half short. Yeah. I mean, how many guys you need out there to, to, to watch that? Again, the, the technology. You got the chip in the football, let's use it. Uh, yeah, please. I would love <laughs> for to, less chains and more microchips, please. You're listening to the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City. Joshua Briscoe, Brad Port. Let's take one more call before we take another break. Let's go to Michael. What's up, Michael? What's on your mind? Hey, guys. How you doing? Excellent. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Hey, Mahomes played his... Uh... You know he's the bomb. We got we got uh, somebody there that's really gonna is really something else. Yeah. But you know we can't keep him out there for sixty minutes. Our defense is going to have to step up some one of these days. You know, the, uh, uh, other teams have figured out that all you got to do is run the ball on this defense and you and grind it out, keep him on the bench, and you got a chance to win these games. We had to score thirty points today, and we dang near got beat. You know, I, everybody's talking about how great the def- uh, offense is, but nobody said anything about the defense. Our defense sucks, dudes. 
That's all I got to say. I'll, I'll listen off the phone. Thanks a lot for taking my call, guys. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Michael. And there are a couple of things there that I think are, are worth noting. So, you know, whenever you look at the number of possessions that teams are often going to get against the Chiefs, the, the defense was out there quite a bit today. And, and, over the course of 10 offensive possessions for the Ravens, which is what they had, you know, they're averaging about a field goal per possession today, 2.8 points per possession. If they, if the Chiefs wanted to slow the game down, it would have been a lower-scoring game. So I wouldn't put too much weight like that in the we put up 30 and almost lost kind of thing because, again, you're, you're seeing it move a lot for the Chiefs, and, and I'm not worried about the Chiefs ever scoring too fast because if you're ever trading touchdowns for field goals or in this game, sevens for sixes a few times. Right. If you're trading sevens for eights, obviously it's not working so well, which is what Harbaugh was was betting on before this game began. Even um, if you're seeing if you're seeing the trade off go in your favor, I'm good with it, and, and I think that you saw that happen uh, enough times today where you can. And I'm I'm going to try to be able to give you the um, you know the results for the Ravens over the the course of this game, where they go touchdown, turnover on downs, punt, punt. And then the half ends, they get the ball back again. Touchdown, punt, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. The second half, you, you saw, especially in that fourth quarter, they were scoring a few times. But but at the end of the, the first half, it was 23-6. to six. Like, they not only at that point had they gotten some stops, they had let the, the offense have an opportunity to hold a pretty commanding lead there. And if you would have seen the, the offense choosing to, to play that second half as if it was even, I, I think they probably maintain that margin. Would you like the Chiefs' defense to hold that margin? Absolutely no question. There is absolutely room for this defense to improve. But giving up one touchdown and then stopping the two-point conversion in the first half, getting a turnover on downs at a reasonable choice from the Ravens, I don't have any beef with at least where the defense started this game. And and last week you saw they, they gave up all their points in the first quarter and then didn't do anything again after that. Like I I think that to be terribly worried about the defense is is, is maybe a little bit a, a little bit too precautionary at this point. Yes, and I talked earlier in the show about uh, making adjustments. Andy Reid made an adjustments and on blitz packages the Ravens were running. Guess who else makes adjustments? The Ravens. Yeah, and absolutely. they're pretty good at it. Absolutely, they're pretty good at it. By the way, you're you were talking about scoring fast. I am totally against the philosophy when people say. Hey, you don't you can't score too fast. Don't score too fast, especially when you're uh, trailing late and there's two and a half minutes on the clock. You gotta yep. eat up all the time before you. Yep. No, there's no guarantee you're gonna score. Yep. That philosophy says there's a guarantee we're gonna score. I'm for scoring every single time you possibly can, and and, and often, as fast as, fast as, you, as can. you can. Yeah, as because it means you get the ball back again sooner. Yes. So you you want if you're the better team and certainly the better offense, you want every single step of this to move as quickly as yes. humanly possible because it means getting the ball back in the hands of Patrick Mahomes and the rest of this offense. 90, 93 yards on three plays. Love I it. Love that every time. Love it. I would, yes, a hundred percent of the of the times I would take that. It's also the the inverse to me is a little bit of a of a losing mentality or at least mm-hmm. the lesser quarterback mentality when you say you know oh, we want to we want to slow it down we want to have fewer possessions here or even we don't want to have our offense out there too much you don't want to leave too much time on the clock perhaps all of that changes it, it, it makes it turns a 180 whenever Patrick Mahomes is on yes. the field and you're rooting for that side you do want to, you, whatever time is there doesn't matter because you've got that quarterback that's Brad Porter I'm Josh Briscoe it's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs post game show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB the Chiefs post game show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri so play it forward with the Missouri Lottery Third and 10, Jackson at the 16 of Kansas City. Motion to the near side, it's Brown. Face mask, high snap on the shotgun attack. And Frank Clark 
the sack on Jackson in the grasp of Big Frank at the 22-yard line. Frank Clark came steaming in his first sack as a chief. Earlier, it was said that Frank Clark rode Lamar Jackson like a pony on that sack. This song, if you are unaware, is Pony by Genuine. (laughs) Thank you, Beards. Good pull from an hour ago. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) To remember bits from an hour ago. I made this an hour ago. It's a good bit. Yeah, thank you, Beards. It was odd. Frank Clark's not a small man. No, and neither is Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson is not quite but, as skinny as you but think. He, I think like what's he was, happening. He there. was trying to bring him down by the shoulder pads, and, yeah. and Lamar Jackson was not going down, so they kind of kind of hopped on him. And just yeah, and just blew it dead. And all right, <laughs> there we go. I guess uh, we we've talked oh, about that a bit. Had today, that been Tom Brady, that would have been a personal foul and ejection. From absolutely, Frank Clark. it might have yep. been an execution. It might have yep. just taken him off to the side and just Ned Starked him right there. It's hard to tell. <laughs> Ned Starked. Um, <laughs> that joke was really good. I hope somebody heard it. You can always watch the show live on the Sports Radio 810 Facebook page. Um, that's where we're at right now. Plus, if you're if you're maybe joining us and realizing, wait a second, we're not on uh, AM radio at the moment. That's true. But you can listen to the uh, to Sports Radio 810 through the mobile app, or you can listen and watch the Chiefs postgame show on the uh, Sports Radio 810 Facebook page, where you can make jokes about my hair and look at Brad laughing at my jokes wow. that only Brad heard. Busted up like that in a while. That's, a, that's a great once well, in a while. On the air. <laughs> you know what? Or in the ether space. Yeah, we're streaming. We're streaming somewhere, and that's what you want. Ether space. I just made that up. That sounded sounded real enough. I tend to believe that. Um, did you see what uh, Manuel Sanders said about the Broncos right now? Oh boy. He said times are rough around here. Obviously, the past three years it's been tough trying to get it right. We sit at zero and three, living in a world of suck. Wow, that's. Awesome. And we are talking about Patrick Mahomes here on the uh, Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show right here on Sports Radio 810. Again, I'm Josh Briscoe. That's Brad Porter. Beards McFly is hitting all the buttons, at least the ones that still matter Chris, at this uh, point. Chris Harris Jr. called out his team last week after yeah. last week's loss. I wonder we, if he'd s- like to move <laughs> east sure. by a little bit. Played some college ball just down the highway? Yeah. He'd be well. Maybe minutes away. let him maybe do a little hype video. Or... You know Patrick Mahomes' dad played baseball? <laughs> Wes Miles. <laughs> What are you talking about? It's, it's nothing. Uh, we, we've said, did we ever play to Marcus Robinson? No. Straight up just forgot about that. I teased that like an hour ago. Sorry, Facebook viewership, if you were hanging on for Demarcus Robinson. We will bring you that now, though. Uh, he had an excellent game today. He had a more excellent game last week. I genuinely, at this point, don't know what I believe about Demarcus Robinson as a football player. Like, I'm, I'm really not sure. He's been so good that I've had to reevaluate. Like that's I, I I say that as a positive thing. I thought he was another dude. I thought he was Chris Conley or maybe Albert Wilson, and he still could be because Patrick Mahomes can make guys look really good. That's all true. But that touchdown in the corner of the end zone and then the one on the sideline today were two of the best catches you'll see this week throughout the entire NFL. Well, going back to training camp, the, the kind of the thought process. I went through a couple of different thought processes about wide receiver. One, I thought it was the most competitive position in camp, mm-hmm. and so I was getting down to the bottom of that roster. I'm like, okay. Is it Demarcus Robinson? Is it Marcus Kemp before he got hurt? Yep. Does Byron Pringle find a way onto the roster? Yep. Uh, what do you do with a couple of the younger guys? And now it's like, well, the Chiefs are very smart <laughs> because it was Demarcus Robinson. I don't think yep. he was really in danger, but I think he was part of that discussion. Yeah. Well, and you get the you get the the emergence of McCole Hardman 
And and Tyreek Hill's not even out there right now, and it, it has nothing to do with any of the stuff that was happening while they were drafting mm-hmm. McCole Hardman, which I very much think they were considering come uh, you know at draft time, and, and then and then come the moment for that draft pick. And still, like this is where they're at, just firing on absolutely all cylinders. And Demarcus Robinson's been excellent. He spoke to the media following the game out in Arrowhead today. Well, man, take us through that one handed catch, man. What'd you see on that play? Uh, man, I, I was just running my route that, that was calling. Uh, it was a little bit out of reach, uh, so I wasn't able to get two hands out there, but I stuck one hand out there, man. It stuck to the one hand. Do you, uh, is that something you work on often, or is that just something that comes naturally? Uh, I mean, you work on it, you know what I'm saying? You can't say you don't work on it. Everybody works on the one hand catch, but uh, yeah, it's kind of natural, too. You know what I'm saying? Right there, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, I worked on this in practice. So I just tried to um, go out there and make a play, and uh, the ball stuck to my hands. What about Pat today, man? Just Pat being Pat, that's how long it's Man, started. it's so great to have him as a quarterback. Man, I wouldn't trade him for nobody in the world, man. Uh, what about the defense as well? They watched them, you know, feed against Lamar. Obviously, talented dude. Made a couple guys miss, but mm-hmm. for the most part, really contained. Oh, man, they got a great team, great quarterback. Uh, good guys, a great defense also. Um, yeah, defense um, held their ground. They got a, a bit of um, scores. Score scored on, on them, and uh, we had to put up some points too. And they held their own tonight. What's it like between all you guys just kind of talking about? You have so many weapons on this offense. Seems like a new guy every week. Is something you guys discuss, or you just kind of find out who's going to make it happen every week once you get to this field on Sunday? Man, we just go out and play, man. Play fast. Anybody can have a big week, and we all can have a big week. Uh, we just try to go out and execute the plays that we put in in practice, and hopefully it, um, we do well in the game with it. I know you talked a little bit about that catch, but have you ever had a catch that crazy? Uh, I have. I don't think I had a one hand in the NFL yet. I've had one in college though. Yeah. What was? What were you thinking on that play? Oh man, just um, trying to catch a touchdown. He threw me the ball, and um, I'm always trying to make a, a play for Pat. So making the play is all I'm trying to do. How much fun do you guys have? I mean, so much balance in this offense. Mm-hmm. Like you, you talked about anyone can make a play. Right. How, how much fun you is it to just out there? And do your thing for Pat and others. I mean, it feels good to be able to come out and make a play because everybody can make plays. So when it is your time to make a play, uh, you definitely want to be able to make that play so they can keep trusting in you so you can keep making more plays. So Marcus Robinson, after his second consecutive wonderful game uh, with the Chiefs, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, Brad, the, currently I think uh, you can listen to us in the Sports Radio 810 mobile app. And so if you're listening that way, you can – you know, tweet any number of us or, or even call in. And uh, more, more importantly, though, you can definitely watch the show on the Sports Radio 10 Facebook page where Beard says there's a, co- a question about the offense. Go Beards! Uh, this is via... You went to uh, the wrong camera, I by the way. Did. What like The reason know, Beards wanted to switch so I can show you the back room. We got a whole camera for him. No, put the camera on yourself and then well, read you're the same right question. Uh, via Casey, one of your 20 viewers from Facebook here. How do you guys think D-Rob and Hardman are filling in for Tyreek? Real good, Casey. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Extremely well. Thank you. Uh, no, like it's it's been this is this is a crazy thing. But two weeks in a row, there have been moments when I've forgotten that Tyreek Hill wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Well, I've just they, forgotten when they were doing. It was early in the game on the broadcast, and they showed a shot. Maybe it was right before kickoff. They showed a shot. And be careful when I say that. Well, it, FCC doesn't rule Facebook. No. So they showed the sideline, and Tyreek Hill is like. Limbering up, sort of like mm-hmm. he's doing some those he's up and out downs, of the cast, and, the up and yeah. downs, and all that. And I yeah. it's like, oh yeah, Tyreek Hill is not available today, yep. and he's not available for a couple of more weeks. So. Like to give an actual, like not to a less snarky answer to a, a totally fair question. 
seriously, Demarcus Robinson has looked so good that it's made me reevaluate the idea that he's just another dude out here. I, it's rare to see a guy in his fourth season like finally putting it together, but it's his second season with Mahomes. He's got an opportunity with Mahomes. The question then is, could anyone playing with Patrick Mahomes be an mm-hmm. NFL-caliber receiver? Who this season has not looked good catching passes from him? Byron Pringle had that one catch, that other you know one caller earlier found very, very important. Um, and I, I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, Byron Pringle could probably go 8 for 120 if Mahomes decided, hey Byron, it's your day today. I legitimately believe that. Now listen, McCole Hardman has the one dominant trait, right? He's so fast that he is going to demand targets. Travis Kelsey is so good at he so fast compared to the guys that cover him, or if not so fast compared to a DB covering him, so big if he's mm-hmm. being covered by defensive back or faster than a linebacker, however you want to put it together. Those guys demand targets. Sammy Watkins has been excellent bringing the ball in and then after the catch. If Demarcus Robinson's new thing is that he never drops anything, mm-hmm. regardless of where it ends up, and he's finding the soft spots in coverage and all that, that's that sort of narrative changing and narrative defining for him. For for the first three seasons of his career, and we see this with the Chiefs a lot, he was on this team specifically because he excelled at special teams. Not because he was this great receiver, not because they thought he could be a number one someday. It was because of special teams. And what happens when you get your opportunity? You got to take it. He's taken this opportunity and he's run with it. Literally and figuratively, he has run with it. So I'm, I, I agree with you. Part of the reevaluation of what exactly he is has to be done because yeah. I've only thought of him as a primarily a special teams guy mm-hmm. or a guy that maybe, you know, once every couple of weeks makes a decent catch or a good play, um, but haven't seen what we've seen so far over the last two games from him. Right now, he looks like he's going to get, you know, $12 million a year to go be the number one receiver in Miami where Albert Wilson's the number two, and then, you know, we're going to see if Tua can do anything with those guys. Right. And I imagine he won't look nearly this good. Like, I just, it's 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 really, and that's not even a slight on him. It's just really hard to imagine these guys looking differently and how differently they will look outside of this offense. And if I if I may be so bold, one excellent example of that this year has been with LaShawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. The Bills went, no, you're not worth the paycheck. We don't have a spot for you. Frank Gore is doing just fine, you know. And, and then LaShawn McCoy steps into this role here in Kansas City where he has a couple of nice carries today, but he's been excellent catching passes out of the backfield. I think this can show you how, how good of a landing spot uh, Kansas City is going to be for for offensive weapons to come in, play really well, and then go get someone else to pay them. Like that's that's the storyline right now. And I think that's a good thought because if you want to compare it with other quarterbacks and the kind of joking about uh, Tua in Miami, would he be as good? What if Demarcus Robinson was with the Denver Broncos right now? Yeah, playing with Joe Flacco. Yeah, I, I mean, guarantee he wouldn't have these kind of numbers. You know how I know that's true? They got two really talented receivers and. They're really quiet. Yes, they're really quiet because their quarterback can't do it. No. Like, and that's not like a man. If Emmanuel Sanders or Cortland Sutton was in Kansas City, they'd be looking like yes. Demarcus Robinson in all likelihood. Yep. The, now, the interesting thing is, why do they pay Tyree Kill? What's different? Is Tyree Kill different? I would say that he is because he's McCole Hardman fast with Demarcus Robinson's body control mm-hmm. and all of that. But you've got to figure out, hey, what's actually worth paying these guys? Because yep. Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes look make everyone look excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and LaShawn McCoy, by the way, did speak earlier. I want to get to that before I forget completely, as I've shown a propensity to do today. Uh, shout out to the Casey Grilling Company. Let's go to LaShawn McCoy, what he had to say after the game today in Arrowhead. What was it about what you were doing that made you guys so successful out there on the field? It's an explosive offense. 
Um, just from the top to bottom, in the backfield to the guys, our receivers, and, and the obvious with, with, uh, with Pat. Um, and the guys up front, they really play well. We kind of wanted to um, make a big challenge for them. You know, get out there and be physical in the run game, be physical in the pass game. And they did really well. So collectively, all together, um, it was a good game. And you did really well too. And it seemed like you really seemed to pick your spots out there. How important was that to make sure that you didn't do too much? Uh, I just, but still was, contributed. Yeah, I, I, I did okay. Um, if I play, if I play a little more, I could have did a lot better. Um, but I just um, rehab up and get my get my body together, get my foot right. I'm going to be ready for next week. Ankle feeling okay? Yeah, it's fine. All right. um, it's one of the things I just got to get it back healthy. Um, you know, it's a lot better than last week. Uh, we'll see what happens. So you were limited because of the ankle today, because of the footwork? Uh, just uh, kind of like in at the end, more like in the third quarter. It just, just wasn't right, you know, but it's football. You know, um, I knew what it was before I got out there. I was warming up. I felt good. You know, and as a competitor, most guys like got to get out in the field. You know, but um, I have another week to kind of prepare for it and, and rehab it to get together. Uh, but this offense is amazing. So I'm, I'm like anxious to get out there and play with them. It's fun. Football is fun again. Any fear of you not being able to go next week? Nah, I don't fear. No fear. Just, just preparation. Uh, just rehab it up. Let's get ready for next week. Lashawn, to be part of a of a game where the two top teams, two top quarterbacks, I mean, just to be part of this, how much fun is that? Oh, that's a blessing. I mean, just to just to be here. That's one of the things that I told Coach Reed is I'm actually just truly blessed. I'm actually truly just thankful. It's an opportunity to come out here and contribute to this offense, who was already you know one of the top offenses in the league in the beginning. You know, so just to be here, just to help out any way possible, I'm just really thankful. You touched on it a little bit, but you know, we all know, the two of us at least know, it took you to November 11th to score last year in Buffalo. Now you're here, you scored twice in your first game at Arrowhead. You know, how different is this offense and, you know, just how great is it to work within it? I'll tell you what, the biggest thing I've learned from being here and playing here um, is like the game plans. Like, there's so many players that the defense has to watch, you know, and this is like the first time where. I've been on the offense where I'm not the best guy on offense. You know, it's the first time I've been on the offense where I'm not the main key. So I can just slowly get in there and do my thing, you know, and have a good game quietly. Um, there's so many weapons. Let me look across the board. Like, these guys are some of the top players in the league. And now they're my teammates. You know, so uh, it's a big difference. What's about this second quarter? 23 points this week, 28 last week, whenever you guys kind of settle into it. It seems like you guys like, kinda... like the Warriors, man. Just get them threes and just <laughs> shooting them up. But, no, we just, hey, man, we get better as the game goes on. Um, and it's tough because, like, you, you get up so quick, and then it's like some of the playbook you have to uh, minimize because you want to run the clock out, you want to get the game over. I mean, but if we can play all day, I'm sure we'll be throwing bombs, screens, runs. I mean, it's an explosive offense. I mean, every team, when they game, game plan and they break us down, the biggest thing would be um, uh, minimize the, the explosive plays. There were some key guys out offensively, but you guys didn't really skip the beat. What does that say about this team? Yeah, I mean, this is the talent. Man, you get to give credit to the GMs and, and the coaches for um, you know getting the right personnel and the players. I think a dangerous team is always the depth, you know, because guys get hurt in and out, but the depth you know makes the teams go. What did you make of when uh, when when uh, Daryl and Darwin stepped in and, and uh, what they did in that second half? Well, they can play. I mean, when I got there and I watched them play, I watched tape on them, learned the offense and seen them practice. I thought they were good, some good young backs. 
you know. So um, I wasn't really surprised because I watched them every day in practice. But they, they did good. So Sean McCoy following the win today. Uh, you heard him saying there at one point, the football's fun again for him. And you look at the explosiveness at the top and the depth he talked about towards the end there. There's just a lot, man. It's just a lot. Yep, absolutely. I'm going to circle back real quick uh, to make a joke. Sure. Uh, actually, it's a point. It's not a joke. Emmanuel Sanders, we were just talking about him. And yes. He's tweeted out or whatever. He's disappointed yeah. and doesn't like it right now. You go back a couple of years, he told Kansas City he was coming here. Yeah, that was happening. And he, is, mm-hmm. he had agreed to a deal, and yep. then under the, the cover of darkness or the cover of night, he snuck out and signed with the Broncos. I'll bet he's second-guessing that, no life, that life decision. Uh, I've gotten worried that we have uh, pieced together. We've got the mouse back on the wheel that powers the transmitter, so hopefully you're hearing us in all places here on Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Thank we, you, Jason. Uh, thank, thanks, Jason. You did a great job, Jason. Uh, if you would like to uh, to chime in with your own thoughts listening in now, uh, or if you've been listening on the app or watching live on the Sports Radio 810 Facebook page or at 810WHB.com, any of those places, you can call in at 913-3810-810. We'll take some calls for a little while longer. We've got some more players for a little while longer. And Rodney called in via the app. What's up, Rodney? Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, you know what? We're on the air, so pretty good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm way out of North Carolina. I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, born and raised there. But um, I, my my comment is, is, is just for all of Chiefs Kingdom. To me, this game was a good win for the defense. They're you, you going to score. It's, it's hard for a, a running back. You know, it's hard for a linebacker to try and stop not just one or two, but you got three running backs that Baltimore had that's over 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. Come on now. <laughs> and you got a fullback that's the size of your tackle. Right. So they're uh, they're showing that we all about power running. That's going to wear a defense out, but they stuck with it. They stepped, they kept hitting. I feel bad for Wilson. You know, you can't hit by a running back that's bigger than you, but then he kept putting his head in there. So I give him kudos for that. But to me, I give good kudos to Andy Reid. Mm. I know it's very, very irritating to look on the other side of the field to a coach who kept constantly going for fourth down. He converted them here and there. They kept going on fourth down. Kept going for two point conversions. That wears out of defense. And to me, I give very, very big kudos to Coach Spags because before Alex Okafor got his ankles taken away from him, he he made a play, but I doubt anybody would talk about. Lamar Jackson was rolling out to the right. Any other player would have sit there and rushed him because he was sitting there baiting him. He was slowing down to bait him in. And he knew he could have made an easy move to go around him and, and be gone. Mm-hmm. But he stayed on that. He stayed on the line of scrimmage and followed him right out of bounds. You're right. And he had a linebacker right behind him. That's the stuff like that. That's coaching. That was good coaching, and, and that was very difficult. And to me, that game put a little edge on the Chiefs, on the, a little edge on the Chiefs' defense that they can hang with anybody. I feel bad for the Patriots coming when that came when that game comes. Because the Chiefs showing that they can adjust to anyone and beat anyone at any time, including that defense. Good game for the t- for the good defense. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely, Rodney. Thanks for listening to us out there as well. Uh, it's a great call with great points, man. Like, listen, I I feel like I have to couch this over and over again. So I'm I acknowledge where I may begin to sound like a hypocrite. I'm not worried about the Chiefs running the football, and I I think that there's a little bit. It can be overstated to say, oh, you got to pound the rock. I think the Chiefs are doing just fine demoralizing defenses by throwing on their heads constantly, right? Like, I, I'm not worried about it in that regard. However, the way the Ravens play football is difficult for a defense to keep dealing with. And it's another good point on, on that play. 
um, by, by Okafor, and there were a handful of those where you saw guys, and this might be something that we could talk about with Frank Clark as well, you saw guys, Clark and Okafor especially, setting the edge, Ogba as well, not letting Lamar Jackson get around the outside of him, and, and being patient, and not trying to take a free shot, either risking a little juke and a hop around, or um, you know a little, a little dunk over the top of their heads. There were a lot of those places where I think it's absolutely right to say that the, 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 the coaching and the teaching in the week leading up to this had the Chiefs well prepared. I think there are veterans on this team that didn't need to hear it. I don't know if Alex Okafor needed to be reminded of stuff like that. He's been in the league for a minute. Frank Clark as well. But, man, the, 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 the stuff like that, the simple things that we, we don't maybe think about watching a game, those kind of fundamental things, if you'll let me use a cliche, I suppose, of holding in those edges, not letting a running quarterback escape out the outside, and, and perpetually keeping him in a tough position and then asking him to throw, they did that pretty successfully, and, and I think that is worth mentioning and, and worth praising them for. Yes, very astute observations from our uh, fan who's in North Carolina. And we've talked about Ogba, Okafor, Frank Clark, and all the players had good days today. Our caller just brought up a name we haven't talked about, Damian Wilson. He's yeah, not he's only been has excellent. he had a not only did he have a, a good game today, he's been an excellent pickup, and he's yes. probably the most under discussed player on, on the defense. He just does everything really, really good. It was Darren Lee who was brought up a lot as a guy who was going to come in and be a coverage linebacker. Right. And it seems like that's been a lot of Ben Neiman's role, actually. Yep. Um, but Damian Wilson has been really good in coverage. Yep. He's been really good, um, I mean, almost completely, I believe, playing in that Sam linebacker spot and, and then kind of letting Hitchens do some of the Mike stuff. And Ragnon was active today, but he was on special teams. And so it's it's also fluid that I, I hope no one will, will hold me terribly closely to the terminology because those guys move around so much. But you have Hitchens playing in that captain of the defense role that's almost always a, a Mike linebacker. And then, uh, again, to the point of Damian Wilson, he's been excellent in coverage. He's been excellent stopping the run. He's been excellent holding the middle of the field. It's It's been a really good pickup. And I also would say that it, it's – I don't know if Anthony Hitchens has popped off the screen, but last year we did a lot of post-game shows sitting here, Brad, where we looked at Anthony Hitchens and he popped off the screen for reasons we didn't want him no. popping off the screen. And that seems to have gone away this year. And he had a play today. He was in coverage where he knocked down a pass. Yep. Uh, at parentheses, probably could have been called pass interference. But again, <laughs> right. he was one of those plays that was it was 50-50. If, you're gonna, if, if I'm going to say, as I did, that I'm not too worried about the, the right. pass that got challenged not being overturned, I'm not going to be hypocrite saying no, I don't mind that not getting called. He was right place, right time. Sure. And it, it popped out to me because I was like, oh, he actually made a play. Yep. <laughs> We might just give you three hours of post at this point. I, at this point, I don't know. We got more Chiefs players to get to. I want to take you on the league at some point. Also, if you want to call in, we are back on the air in the truest sense right now. 913-3810-810. If you've got something that you'd like to get off your chest, offense, defense, special teams, good, bad, ugly, we'll figure it out all together here on the Chiefs Post Game Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Second and nine, Chiefs at the Raven 14, 23-13, Kansas City. Under centers, Mahomes this time, a lot of jet action. Blitz up the middle, they got a screen set up left. 15-yard line, McCoy, inside the five, touchdown! Kansas City, welcome to the Chiefs' kingdom and to the sweet nectar of the end zone, Shady McCoy on a perfectly executed 14-yard screen for a touchdown. 
This sounds like the Batman theme song. I Every single time this plays, I have yes. to force myself to not talk about this one being either Batman or the Pink Panther. It's the other one. That's not this one. Not this one? This, this is not the one you're thinking like of. Batman. You, you played the Pink Panther one earlier. This is kind of Batman-y. I haven't wow. played that one yet. Wow. You did play that one earlier. You 100% did. No, I haven't. 100%. Second segment, I think. Or second rejoin. Welcome back into the Chiefs Post Game Show here on Sports Radio 810, brought to you by the Missouri Lottery. Let's take a look around the NFL before you hear from Anthony Hitchens. We'll take another call and uh, keep just trucking along, giving you everything that we can from the Chiefs locker room today. The Chiefs beat the Ravens 33-28. to Let's take a look around the NFL's finals. This NFL scoreboard update is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. The Bills held on at home after a late push by the Bengals in the fourth quarter. Bills 21, Bengals 17. Uh, it was tight for a while in Dallas by Dolphin standards, but 31-6 to is the final Cowboys and, over Miami. the Dolphins covered on that, maybe. Uh, it was really, know. it was like 22, wasn't it? Okay. I, I don't think the they, I, if it okay. was 22, they wouldn't have. I, I so, don't think they covered there. At, at one point, somebody joked on Twitter, the Dolphins have zero points and they're covering. That's That would have been true <laughs> until the third quarter, okay, actually, believe go. it or not. Okay. Um, I know that the Lions covered because they were not favored in this game. They go to Philadelphia and win 27-24 to 24, uh, is the final there. That game is absolutely wild. The Packers took care of business at home against the now 0-3 Denver Broncos. That was 27-16. to 27 points also got it done for the Colts, beating the Falcons in Indianapolis, 27-24. to Vikings beat the Raiders by a substantial margin, 34-14 in Minnesota. And then the Patriots took care of the Jets, 30-14. I believe the Jets scored late on a... Uh, who is Who even is the backup? Is Kyle Aletta the backup in New England? I don't even feel like he is at this point. Uh, he threw a pick six, and then Tom Brady came back into the game, is what I believe happens uh, there. A few active games will bring you the finals of, or the, the, the scores of as we go later on. Plus, we're going to try to get you the end of Houston and L.A. being the Texans and Chargers coming up here in a little bit right here on Sports Radio 810 before we hand you over to Sunday Night Football. Any of those results jump out to you, Brad? The AFC yeah, West the, is starting to come together. Yes. Uh, the the score that jumped out at me was the Falcons because I just can't figure out who the hell they are. They're different One, on the road than at home, like 100%. Sometimes they have, I'm like, well, this might be a playoff team here. They got a, they got a good, really good quarterback, Julio Jones, great. And then the next week it's like, what the heck is are they doing? Jarrett Stidham came in for the uh, Patriots in garbage Never time. Never Through three passes, one of them was a pick six, and then Tom Brady came back in. So they they ended up sit him? Yeah. Yeah, it was close. I like, I like the effort I don't there. Th- yeah, you didn't stick the landing, though. No. You're a little bit nervous. You could have said they decided to Jarrett sit him, and that would have been – I would have respected that much more. That was the video you see of the Olympian running towards the uh, pommel horse to do the leap over the top. It yeah. Was, it was in his head he had it built up, and then yeah. he ran into the end of it and cracked five ribs. Usually Beards has a – Pretty good success yeah. rate. That doesn't contribute to That was your pick six. There was one rib. We might decide to... It was one rib? Not five. I'm a little more concerned about the Lions now for next week than the Chiefs. I'm not, I but did, that's I okay. Okay. Uh, I was going to say for our producer of this show, uh, if if finances will help his decision-making, maybe he needs to get Beards McFind. <laughs> See how that works, Beards? Oh, boy. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Don. Don, what's up? What do you think of the game today? Oh, and uh, the game, I thought it was, uh, for Warren Harbaugh's game manager, it was pretty horrible. And, you know, you had him going for two and then taking off the points at the beginning of the game on that extra point and going for two. Uh, You know, he might have pretty well cost them the game today. 
if things would happen a little bit different. But I'm a little bit worried about this defense. We got Frank Clark gets his first sack today. He riding he rides with Lamar Jackson's back. He can't even get the man to the ground. If he didn't bump into his lineman, he might have dragged him for the first down marker. What do you think on that one? I don't think he was going to drag him all the way to the first down marker. And I appreciate the call, Don. Thank you for listening and uh, and thanks for the call. I I think that he, I think that Frank Clark was very aware of the fact that the, the uh, NFL likes throwing flags whenever you hit quarterbacks late. And so once he had him wrapped up, he just sort of was like looking around, waiting for someone to blow that whistle. Um, I also listen, man. I know that you can be critical of Harbaugh, um, and lots of people are. You can say he took points off the board. He also put points on the board on that very first drive, saying, let's go for the touchdown instead of kicking the field goal here. And so you can you can try to, you know, parse the, the differences and say, well, if he made up all the right decisions all the, instead of all the wrong ones, things go differently. Harbaugh came in with a game plan of we're going to be aggressive, which, you know, conversely, the Raiders could come in and say we're going to be conservative. We're going to punt on fourth and four, and we're going to take the extra points and all of that. We're going to take field goals when we can get them. You can try that. I would say, though, that, that damning one of them just because it's different as a strategy is a little bit short-sighted whenever you could say, oh, no one would ever call in if this game in the exact same way and said, well, listen, if they would have just gone for two-point conversions every time and gone for more fourth downs and then never kicked a field goal, they might have actually won this game, which is true, but mm-hmm. no one ever says stuff like that. Harbaugh did the thing that goes against the status quo, even though... The status quo is not necessarily lined up with the math. The math is is pretty much in favor of saying if you're going to go by percentages, you should probably go for two every time if you like your offense. You should go for fourth down way more often than teams actually do. Harbaugh is working that out, and sometimes it's going to look bad at the end of it. John Harbaugh has been around <clears throat> and done a lot of things. He's mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl, and he didn't do this by accident. These decisions were not accidents. They right. were not knee-jerk reactions. Look, he was... He was coached by Andy Reid. He is yeah. a very smart dude. Yeah. So he had a game plan. He had it mapped out in his head how he wanted to do it, how he thought the game, how he thought the direction of the game was going to go, and how they were going to react to it. It just didn't work. By the way, Facebook li- uh, live feed that I want to see. Yes. Jim Harbaugh, even though <laughs> I don't wa- I don't think he watches the NFL because he's so focused on himself, and he has to because they got their ass kicked by Wisconsin up there. Yes. I would love to see a, li- a Facebook live of Jim Harbaugh watching – a Ravens game and reacting to his brother's decisions. That would be fun. I'd like to see them both doing that. Actually, I like for I like for one of the brothers to always be doing color commentary yes. of the other brother's game. I think yes. that'd be excellent. Um, yeah, and listen, man. Again, the, the last thing on that for me for now, at least, is that whenever you do the thing, even whenever you do the thing that makes sense mathematically, especially with the offense that you have and the offense you're going up against, if you do the thing that's different and it doesn't work, you get way more criticized than you would right. by doing the thing that is less smart but more common and then doesn't work. So, I, again, I think that a little bit of sort of reformation of how we look at those types of things and those types of decisions from NFL coaches would probably be for the best. We talked about Anthony Hitchens last segment, Brad, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that he deserves a, 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 a new look in this defense. We talked about that a ton this offseason with my questions about how linebackers were used in Bob Sutton's defense. He's looked better in C. Spagnuolo's defense so far, and he spoke to the media following the game today out at Arrowhead. Here's Anthony Hitchens. Uh, a lot in, in two-point conversions. So, I mean, they went for it. We just we, we made a lot of plays in two-point conversions and fourth downs. The, the, at the end of the game, uh, it helped us win. Not that the rest of the time you guys aren't really jacked up, but 
specifically when a team goes for it in those sorts of situations? Mm-hmm. I mean, mentally, how do you guys take that? Turn the page. Uh, they scored. They scored. There's nothing you can do, uh, whether it was your fault or not. Uh, just got to turn the page and go to the next play. Uh, Spags talked about it all the time when they get in the red zone. It's, we call those four-point plays uh, because it's either seven or three. You know, so it's a four-point play turnaround. And uh, we preached that since camp. OTAs, uh, so we, we got in the red zone. We, we got to bow down down there and stop them. Uh, either two-point conversions or third downs, you know, make them kick field goals or turnovers. So we did a good job of that. It's how difficult is it to tackle Lamar Jackson? Oh, it's very difficult. I mean, uh, I mean, everyone knows that. Uh, he goes from zero to 100, like, real quick, uh, shifty guy. I mean, he's a good athlete. I mean, he's a good quarterback, too. Uh, you see he made some good throws. He made some one-legged throws. Uh uh, he's a good player. Uh, we, I'm sure we probably see him again later on in the season and the playoffs. Are, it's gonna, it's, it's a good team, and they're going to be building, and we're going to be building, and it's going to be exciting. I mean, this AFC is just tough this year, and uh, we just we just collecting wins right now. We're trying to be one and zero this week, and we was one and zero. So our eyes now is uh, uh, Detroit, and try to be one and zero next week. Last question for me on him: Like what you saw him last year too? Yeah. Just, where he oh, so improved. Really? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, anyone watching the game can, can see it, and that's just for his first three weeks. Uh, he's confident. He, he's not dropping back and then taking off. He's, he's going through reads and then taking off. You know, and then there's sometimes we got guys like Chris, you know, he's getting back there in two seconds, so he has to do that. But uh, he, he's, he's actually reading his, you know, he's reading his guys. He's throwing it quick. Uh, he's going through his, his progression. So uh, good for him, man. He's improving and, uh, you know, good for the Ravens organization with their quarterback. Anthony, is this the battle you expected between two of the top teams in the NFL? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, a lot of good players on both sides of the ball, good coaches, you know, Harbaugh and Andy Reid. Uh, you can't ask for a better matchup. Uh, and it was a good game, you know. We, we, we kind of started off real strong and, you know, and it kind of got even. I mean, that's, that's football. You had ups and downs, but we just had to gut it out and get the win. Tyron said that, that basically you guys played great in stretches. But overall, I thought the defense did well. I mean, you guys had fourth down stops. You, you know, two-point conversions they never yeah. made. I mean, I felt overall you guys did great. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say great, but we did we did we did our job. Uh, we got the win. That's that's first and foremost. But uh, we like like he said, we did play good at times. Uh, but if you want to be great in this league, it can't be you know stretches. Uh, stretches get you beat. Uh, fortunate enough that uh, the stretches we played bad, our offense getting seven on the other end. Uh, but we're gonna clean it up. Uh, we're still early in the season. We're still working. Uh, we got a lot of good guys that want to get better. Uh, take the blame. That's my fault, you know. And we get it right, you know. It's, it's not about who's wrong. It's about getting it right. So we got a lot of good guys, and we're going to just keep improving. And uh, just looking forward to next week. It's pretty rare in this league to see the physicality that you guys saw against the Ravens, and the next week the Lions kind of play the same way. Yeah. Kind of a rare challenge does that present in today's NFL? Yeah, it's, it's starting to get to that. Uh, a lot of guys are drafting running backs with top five picks, and uh, you know that's just you know, running the ball. Uh, Ingram, if you've seen him in person, you know, the guys, you know, he's solid. He's a solid guy. Uh, and then Edwards, and uh, they, they got a physical line, you know, led, led by Marshall, so Yanda. So, I mean, it's football. Uh, and, and, you know, they want to run the ball, whether you stop it or not. They're going to try to run it for you. I'm not sure how many times they ran it tonight. They went, they went for fourth down three times in the first half. Does that get the radar up a little bit? And uh, what, what does that do with defense's mentality? Uh, you could take that either way. Uh, I kind of take that as sometimes you could be, you know, disrespecting us, um, and then sometimes they're just aggressive. Uh, and I won't take it as disrespect because they do this every week. Uh, now, if they, they weren't really showing it on film and the team come out and do it, that's kind of disrespect, you know, to the guys we got in this locker room. But 
uh, they, they did it all season last year and this year, so we was prepared for it. So, um, you know, that, that, those, those downs are critical. At the end of the game, they add up. You know, a first down could be led to a field goal or a touchdown, and the two-point conversion comes up, you know, at the end. If you kick a field goal, you're getting one. So they, those add up at the end. Thanks. Mm-hmm. We talk, talked briefly yesterday about yeah. all the things you do to simulate a guy like Lamar. Mm-hmm. What was it like today dealing with the real thing? Uh, yeah, that first drive uh, was an uh, eye-opener. Uh, he took the ball and just took off running. And yeah. we, didn't, we, couldn't, we didn't have that in practice. <laughs> right. You, you, some, some things you can't... Uh, you know, practice. You know, you can't. If you could find Lamar Jackson around everywhere, he wouldn't be that special. Right. So it's hard to, uh, you know, simulate that in practice. But we got a good look. Um, we we just, um, you know, he gonna get his place. He's a good player. Uh, we just had to limit him. And I think we did a fairly good job. You know, throughout the whole game, uh, there were spurts where he got out. But throughout the whole game, I think we did a pretty decent job. That's Anthony Hitchens following the game today. Two things, one from the beginning and one from the end that I thought was really, really interesting. We just spent a lot of time talking about the two-point conversions and going for it on fourth down and stuff, some of the places that it didn't work for the Ravens. And, and Hitchens basically said there towards the beginning of that clip, it gave us an opportunity to make plays, and then they did go make those plays. Like I, I if, if you're going to both be like, upset at what Harbaugh did and nervous about the defense. I actually think that we could probably tweak our thinking on that a little bit as well to say the defense had opportunities there to be shown up, to have the margin really change, make things a one-possession game instead of a two, and and all sorts of stuff like that. And they went out there and consistently uh, were able to get stops a couple times on fourth down, a couple times on on two-point conversions. I think that matters. I'm trying to remember the sequence of two-point conversions. One, I think it was the last one. Uh, Lamar Jackson lined up. Um, there was pressure in the backfield. Again, mm-hmm. he had to float out yep. and tried to make a break for it to the end zone. And I think it was Hitchens who knocked him out of bounds at the at the one or the two yard I line. I think that was not the last two point conversion. I think that was one of the ones. One really, the you're right. What Hitchens absolutely right. laid the wood down on Lamar Jackson and at then, one point, and it was a two point conversion. You're right. There was, that was to the left, and then the one like, yes. the very last was to the right. Yeah. So it was one of the earlier ones. But yes, your point stands 100. percent And then I believe there was the one where he there was pressure and nobody was open, and it, it threw he threw it into the ground. Yep. Yep. So, it, like Anthony Hitchens said, it gave us a chance to make plays. Go and, ahead. And they also talked about preparing for Lamar Jackson. That first drive came out there, and it really hit him in the mouth. Because you can't really prepare for Lamar Jackson. Teams can't really prepare for Patrick Mahomes in practice. So, the the Chiefs being, and I saw a Facebook comment on, on our Facebook feed, uh, you know, talking about, um, you know, and they talk about bending a bit in the second half. But really, that first drive was the one that was most concerning, and I thought they bounced back from that pretty well. Uh, one other name that we didn't mention all that much over the course of the show today was Cam Irving. He steps in for Eric Fisher. He's going to be doing that for a few more weeks into the future. And there were some bad moments but it certainly wasn't apocalyptic. It certainly didn't hamstring this offense, which is obviously the fear, is is losing your left tackle going to change what Patrick Mahomes can do here? And the answer was no. Let's hear from Cam Irving about how he thinks his day went in the Chiefs' victory over the Ravens. It was a hard-fought, that's a hard-fought game out there today from the get-go. Uh, what are you going to take away from this one? Uh, you know, got to come out and have a you know better start and uh, be able to maintain that energy throughout the game. You know, I feel like we handled sudden change. You know, we got stopped a little bit early. And then, you know, we kind of we just started clicking. The offense started uh, gelling, and, uh, you know, things started going well. When you're over there on offense and you guys are waiting to, to get back on the field and you look up and every time they're going for fourth down, I mean, that's that's got to be a weird feeling. This was a different feel of a game. Yeah, it was definitely a weird feel of the game. But, I mean, you know, that's I feel like that's a compliment to us as a team. 
Uh, you know, those guys feeling like they had to get points every time, you know, it was 2 down territory, 4-9 territory or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, going for two-point, you know, when they got in the hole a little bit, that's just the amount of respect that, uh, you know, teams are having for us, uh, trying to make sure they keep themselves uh, ahead of the eight ball and, you know, try to, you know, try to capitalize and score points on us. So, uh, you know, we realized those types of things, and we just tried to, you know, settle in and execute the game. You guys ran the ball better today, too, 140. I mean, yeah. big runs by, by Daryl, by Shady. I mean, everyone was kind of working well in the running game. Yeah, we definitely took a, put an emphasis on the run game this week. Uh, so, you know, the success doesn't surprise me. And uh, what was that? It was a weird day. I mean, it rained all that, and the sun came out, and it rained again. I mean, it's just kind of an <laughs> odd one all around. Were the conditions okay? I mean, for football-wise, it wasn't too slick or anything? Yeah, that's one of those things. Like I said, man, it's, it's, a, it's a part of football, and, you know, you got to handle sudden change. You got to handle the elements. You got to, you know, just be a professional about it all. So, uh, I mean, that was fun, just being able to go out there and, uh, you know, play in the rain a little bit. Took you back, took me back to being a kid for a little bit. You know, just reminded me to enjoy it all the time. So, and home opener, good crowd. I mean, through the rain and all that stuff. No complaints, man. I loved it. Chiefs Nation, <laughs> Chiefs Kingdom came out strong today. So that was just actually uh, our own Todd Levo talking to Cam mm-hmm. Irving, and uh, Cam said some interesting things in there. But I was pretty much distracted for almost all of it because I was wondering, Beards, if we could kind of circle back and. The first question Lebo asked, I thought, was really, really a, just a great question, um, both in content and the way that he asked it. Uh, could you play that back for me again, Beards? It was a hard fought. Oh, that's a hard fought game out there today. Yeah. Now, the so get-go. one more time, Beards, if you don't mind, kind of going back again. Now, what kind of game did Lebo think that it was between the? Uh, it was a hard fought. Oh, that's a hard fought game out there today. What? Sorry, what, uh, Beards. I'm just having such a hard time. Uh, could you really just the just the real bare bones? What kind of game was it in Lebo's words? It was a hard fart. It's a hard fart game. I, it took me a second to pick <laughs> up on it. When it was live, I didn't pick up on it. No. It was, uh, when you circle. hard fart. <laughs> As I was editing this to get it ready to play on air, um, I I heard that. Heard and what? I, I, I heard that Lebo said it was a hard fart kind of game, uh-huh. and I thought about editing it out to, yeah. you know, be nice, but no. no. No, listen, what has Lebo ever done for you? Lebo's a professional. <laughs> He's got to know to edit that out before he sends it back to us. Hard fart. Oh, that's a hard fart game. Out. <laughs> that's going to be a drop the rest of the week, isn't it? Sure almost, is. Almost entirely sports. Going into my folder. That's almost entirely Tuesday's show right there. <laughs> hard fart. We're going to have a hard fart show. We need to take a break here on the. Oh, uh, can, can yeah, I make please, a quick point on please, Cam Irving? Please, I, okay. I literally couldn't think about anything else. So, so I'm glad that you were listening. Cam Irving is the backup, right? And yes. whenever there's a single mistake, I get tweets and messages. Mm-hmm. Cam Irving sucks. He shouldn't be on this team. Mm-hmm. And I, I, sir, I always go back to the Serem Petro rule. If not him, then who? Yep. Eric Fisher was a number one overall pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Eric Fisher is a Pro Bowl left tacker, mm-hmm. uh, tackle. See, you save that one. Beards. There you go. Save that one. <laughs> Cam Irving is a backup. Yeah. He's going to not be as good as Eric Fisher. Yep. It just annoys me when one mistake is, oh, ah, got to get rid of Cam Irving. Okay, then who are you going to go get? And okay? listen, Mitch Schwartz is Excellent. Yes. He had, I think he had a holding penalty and then maybe one sort of pressure that might one. not have been his fault. I honestly, I'd have to go back and look at it again. But, like, 
sometimes bleep happens. You know, yes. that does occasionally go that way. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Whenever we come back, we're going to clear out the phones. Everybody waiting on hold right now. We will get to you guys before we wrap up this show. Then we will eventually also hand it over to the fourth quarter of Chargers and Texans. All right here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Time play on the two-point try. 33-28 Chiefs. Jackson in trouble, being chased again. Now he gets away. Gets away from Okafor. He will run left. Inside the five, he is hit and knocked short of the goal line. Pushed out at the one-yard line. And pushed out by Anthony Hitchens, who saves two points. There's that play we were talking about earlier, yeah. Brad. Anthony Hitchens makes a play, saving two points. Absolutely. This is uh, a little... Uh, this is very Batman also. Yeah, it's very Batman, or it could be a, a little tweak on the Munsters. I, you know what? The original Munsters. I don't know what that sounds like. I have to admit ignorance every once in a while. I think they're doing a heavy... Somebody has a terrible idea of doing a remake or something. It's, that's good. I'm sure we need that. Nope. That's probably going to be no. good and helpful and better no. for the future of humanity. Nope. Love that. Uh, it is still the Missouri Lottery Chiefs Post Game Show here on Sports Radio 810. We're going to make this our last segment so we can get you at least the last handful of minutes from Chargers and Texans. That game is close right now. In fact, I'm going to give you, before we get to our callers and, uh, and wrap up the show here, I'm going to give you one more look around the live games right now of the NFL. I gave you some finals earlier. Right now, the Panthers and Cardinals are separated by two touchdowns with two minutes left, so Carolina will likely hold on. Uh, right now, Kyle Allen in relief of Cam Newton today, has four touchdown passes. And uh, I imagine Christian McCaffrey's caught some. He's also run for 153 yards and a touchdown, two receiving touchdowns for Greg Olson in that game. And the Cardinals have put up a you know decent number of points with an offense that's kind of fun, if not good. Uh, Giants and Buccaneers, Daniel Jones has had some good moments and some bad ones, but Jameis Winston has put up 31 points for the Buccaneers, 31-25, six minutes still remaining there. In Tampa, this Texans and Chargers game right now in L.A. with the roaring home field advantage of that soccer stadium. Texans are up now 21-17. to The Steelers and Niners are very, very close with Pittsburgh up by three points with uh, eight, minutes rema- eight minutes remaining. Easy for me to say. Mason Rudolph leading Pittsburgh for the rest of the season. And then in uh, Seattle, the Saints are currently up 27-14. to This is in Seattle where Russell Wilson is obviously still there and the Saints are in this game without Drew Brees. I was interested in this, so I'm hoping that someone listening is interested in this. Teddy Bridgewater, after a a week of who's going to be the quarterback, we don't know. Teddy Bridgewater has thrown 26 passes today, and he's the only one to throw a pass for the Saints. So this does appear to be Teddy Bridgewater's team. He's got two touchdowns, short passes, but not a bad game for the Saints as they continue to truck along there in Seattle. So I think the, I think we've covered everything. Oh, by the way, no, not everything, because that scoreboard update right there, that was brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Make this the season of great beer with Boulevard Brewing Company, bringing you that scoreboard update here on the Chiefs postgame show. I'm Josh Briscoe with Brad Porter. We've been here for, like, almost three hours at this yeah. point. And almost I, a full game. We're going to cut. You're right. We've basically done a game <laughs> of content, and we're, we're cutting off the phones. We're cutting off the audio. So, uh, obviously, Come back again around this same time next week, and we'll bring you the post-game show for Chiefs and Lions. Uh, plus, almost entirely sports. Weeknights, there's not football this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. And, uh, Brad, I don't know. When else are you talking? 
when else am I talking? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna try to tease whenever people can hear us. You can follow Brad on Twitter at I, Brad K Porter, and I'm at JB Briscoe. I never know until the email comes out. That's true. There's no email yet, that's so uh, that's I would say Twitter is probably the way to go. At probably. Brad K Porter. There you go. At JB Briscoe. We'll tell you when we're gonna talk. Yeah. If you're enjoying these particular dulcet tones, clearly the people on hold are because they've been on hold for a little while now. We'll go to Mark. Mark, what's on your mind? Yes, I was wondering about Jalen Ramsey. Yes, um, did we find out anything about his trade? Um, so the the Jags have been really quiet since that game on Thursday. It, it seemed like there was a few reports about uh, the relationship between Ramsey and Marone being kind of glossed over a little bit. His real beef being with Tom Coughlin, the owner there, loves him and wants to pay him. That report's been floating around. So it seems like right now there's at the very least nothing imminent, in, even including potentially any trade for Jalen Ramsey. Oh. That's a bad thing. Oh, I really want to hear. <laughs> yeah, no, you and me both, Mark, and I appreciate the call. Thank you for asking because I've been needing Bye. to get to that for, for two hours now. Um, yeah, it, it seems like that could just not happen. But as teams fall out of contention and everything, I think there will still be a few moves made at this point. I just don't know if the Chiefs are going to be in a position to make any of them. No. My my thought was uh, when the Patriots cut Antonio Brown. Yeah. Look, two different positions, but my thought was, okay, Patriots have a little uh, gambling money to play with here. Do yeah. they go out and get him just so nobody else can have him? Yeah, and they have a pretty good they, secondary. They have a great but, secondary. But, I mean, listen, I've never known Bill Belichick to be a guy who's not interested in adding more talent. Sure. And that team is is very, very good. One of the teams earlier, one of the callers earlier mentioned the AFC Championship game almost feels like a foregone conclusion at this point, which is dangerous. It could yeah. be Chargers-Ravens, yeah. I guess. But it <laughs> feels like that uh, that clash of Titans is coming, and not literally the Tennessee Titans. Uh, was it Gary that was worried about the Titans yes. earlier? Not the clash of those Titans, Gary. They won't. They won't be there. Uh, let's go to Brian. What's up, Brian? What'd you think? Uh, it was an awesome game. Uh, how are you guys doing today? I got no complaints of my own. I'm always good. Okay, so I got like a, a statement or two, but I, they're more like questions. I want you guys to answer when I get off the air. All right, it. we'll do it. My first thing is, if this is the Chiefs' defense and we played them in what week? Uh, what was it? Like twelve or thirteen or fourteen last year when we played them. If this was that Chiefs defense from last year and we played them in week three this year, we lose this game today. So people just need to relax, let this defense come together. I mean, understand this. Anybody knows anything about the Chiefs football and the Chiefs defense is a running quarterback. I don't care if you go back to Derek Thomas and whatever. A running quarterback has always given us fits. It doesn't matter. It's just the way it's been. I used to be a season ticket holder. I wish I still was, but it is what it is. So, that's my first thing. Mm-hmm. You can comment on that. My second thing is number 50, and his name escapes me right now. But in preseason, number 50 was one of the fastest and quickest linebackers from sideline to sideline. And in the preseason, he was racking up like 12 tackles, 10 tackles, 9. I mean, what's the deal on him? And all this and all the you guys. I enjoy your show. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, Brian, for listening. Um, I just, Beards, I just accidentally activated JD. Don't hang up on JD. JD, just wait right there. I hit the wrong button. Um, I wanted to, to answer those questions. First of all, 50's Darren Lee, and we mentioned him a little bit yep. earlier where he is fast. He's very quick, and he's a, he's a, a guy who's really good in coverage, and, um, and, and he hasn't been as big of a part of the game plan these last few weeks, in my mind, at the very least. He, I think he had four tackles today. Uh, he did. He had four tackles today. 
And so, you know, he's appearing on the stat sheet, not in a super impactful way, but I also would like to go back and actually keep an eye on him on, on a rewatch because it does seem like he has some of the best speed out of that linebacker group. So if you're going to try to, to cut down on Lamar Jackson, that might have been a way that you were attempting to do it from a little bit of distance, perhaps. And, and to his point about last year's defense, um, if last year's defense would have been put on this team, I actually kind of think that this year's offense still would have won the game. But, man, it, you wouldn't have to fight me on it too much because I would say that some of those fourth downs, some of those two-point conversions, those are conversions that the Ravens are pulling off. And I do think this game looks very different with last year's defense. Yes. And I, I there's absolutely nothing I can disagree with you there. Because yeah. I had two points in my head and you hit them both. So. Yes! <laughs> Nailed it! Uh, good work by, uh, by Brian on the call. And good work by us by being on the same page. Uh, let's go to J.D., who I accidentally put online two seconds too early. What's up, J.D.? What do you think? Hey, uh, yeah, it was a good win today. I mean, it was a solid win, but uh, there's definitely room for improvement. But uh, just a comment and a question. Uh, One, I hope we don't overlook Detroit next week. That's a pretty darn good football team, and it's on the road. I saw the early line at six and a half in favor of the Chiefs, Mm. and I just hope we don't overlook them. That's all I'm going to say about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, a comment or a question for you is – why do we never get, and I get it, I know what Seren Petro would say, he would say, well, there's only one football, but why do we never get Sherman involved in any of the games? We saw what he could do in the Pro Bowl, and I get it, it's the Pro Bowl, but Mm -hmm. that's a pretty talented fullback and a great weapon, and we never use him, and I just kind of scratched my head at that, and all this month of year, guys. I love the show. Appreciate it. Thank you for the call, and thank you for bringing up Anthony Sherman. I think that's important. Because um, that's only a little bit facetious, because I, I think that the times you see him, it's, he's going to look good because the role that he is in is to be the thing that you put on that field, and the matchup problem is evident. And so you have him streaking down the sidelines, and you're, wait a second, fullbacks aren't supposed to move like that. We had our 250-pound linebacker mm-hmm. spying him, and he's gone already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think you could see him continually more involved. In fact, the one place that I, I early on, the first play of the game was to Blake Bell. Mm-hmm. I could see the Chiefs maybe maybe throttling back a little bit on the two tight end sets and, and trying to involve Sherman a little more, but I thought that was the case in the preseason. Yeah, Sherman is good for that one or two spectacular plays a year that make you say, wow, <laughs> right. the wheel route last year down the sideline, yep. wide open, and Mahomes dropped. Dear Williams did a lot of that today, yes, by the way. Absolutely. But when you talk about Anthony Sherman and wanting him involved more, this is kind of like what popped into my head is you have um, you have the the baseball player who over three days goes uh, 10 for 24. Why isn't this guy playing every day? Right. And then he does, right. and then his average drops back to 215, and now you see why. Yeah, Anthony Sherman is really good at special teams. He's one of the best in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best fullbacks. They don't there aren't a lot of fullbacks anymore. Right, he's one of the best of those. But play to his strengths. Break him out yeah. a couple of times a year. You know, in case of emergency, break glass if you need to. But yeah, limited. Uh, opportunities and he takes advantage of, them. and that's about and, all you need. And because I I have such like a fundamental belief in in matchups dictating so much of what's right. going on in any football game, whenever Daryl Williams can can be the guy in your backfield to to run those wheel routes and listen today would have been a day I would have expected yep. to see Sherman a little bit, but whenever you see Daryl Williams make those plays, you actually the defense is going to buy into the into the possibility that he actually runs the ball mm-hmm. more than they would that they're ever going to hand it to Anthony Sherman because while he is good out of the backfield. He's not a terribly interesting runner mm-hmm. for me, and I think that all, I think also all the special team stuff is absolutely evident. Uh, all right, last call of the day. William, take us home. What's up? Hey, I just wanted to talk about the run defense. Sure. They rushed for like over 200 yards again on us, mm-hmm. and 
Last time I checked, New England, all, that's all New England did last year in the AFC Championship game. I mean, where is Raglan and Hitchens at when, we're, when they're running the ball? I just don't get it. Like, uh, a couple of years ago, Le'Veon Bell did the same thing to us in the playoffs. All they did is run and kick field goals. But it just seems to not improve, you know, with mm-hmm. Hitchens and Raglan there. But all this stuff there, thanks, guys. I appreciate it, William. And and Raglan was active today, but he didn't see the field on, on the defensive side. And they did run for 200 yards, and that's what the Ravens have tended to do. Now, listen, Josh Jacobs was pretty good against the Chiefs. The Jags were okay on the ground. Leonard Fournette is a very talented running back. You can look at the, the playoff things of years past, and I just think to some extent that really discounts what's happening on the other side. I, I You're not wrong to be concerned about it, but I do think that whenever you take on the whole picture of the Chiefs, the worry starts to melt away a little bit because of the offense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're wrapping up here, obviously, on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. I'm Josh Briscoe with Brad Porter. Brad, let's uh, wrap it up here. What did you have for us today? Anything we didn't get to yet or some final thoughts on Chiefs-Ravens? Uh, final thoughts. Uh, as I've talked about the whole show, linebackers and defensive backs for the Chiefs, great job today. Forced uh, some coverage sacks. I want to see how they do next week against Matthew Stafford because he ain't no joke. Yep. We can laugh about it. He hasn't won big games, but that's the Lions organization. They're a terrible organization with, right. with bad ownership. So I want to see them bounce back. I also want to say completely off uh, the Chiefs thing, uh, I want to thank everybody that came out to the 20th annual uh, Wiffle Ball Tournament to benefit the Alzheimer's, uh, Alzheimer's Association Saturday at Rancho Grande in Parkville. Joe Jennings, awesome job as the owner putting it on. My brother Greg Porter, who flew back to uh, Colorado last night. My friend Damon Smith. Everybody came out. It was just awesome. We've been doing it for 20 years, and we might just keep doing it. Very cool. Uh, and I'll say thanks to you for listening to the Chiefs Post Game show, show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. If you missed any of it, you can grab the podcasts wherever you get your podcast, or just go to 810WHB.com or the 810 mobile app. Go ahead and go to additional programming, and the whole show will be up there. So for Beards McFly and Brad Porter, I am Josh Abrisco. We'll talk to you again next week following Chiefs and Lions. But today it's 33-28. The Chiefs win their home opener and go to oh, to 3-0. and oh. Good effort by me. I exited on top, just like the Chiefs. Talk to you next week. Hard fart. Follow the Chiefs right here on your home for the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. Sports Radio 810 WHB.